Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. I'm Dan Rather, and I'm joined by Diane Sawyer. Mm, one Ooh, day. One day. Only. What a powerhouse. I know. Learning a lot about Diane Sawyer by proxy from reading the Mike Nichols I know. book. Does she have a biography or an autobiography? Because then you could cross-reference. I would love that. I'm now very interested in her. Yeah. What a beast. What a beast. She's not our guest. Sorry. But close. Same world. Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel. Oh. Old friend Jimmy Kimmel. Nice, nice boy. The person I want fatherly validation from. Sure. <laughs> I love him so much. It's been five and a half years since he was here. I can't Just believe crazy. it. I feel like I've probably done his show like 13 times in that five <laughs> years, but somehow he's only had to do this one twice. But it was so fun to have him here. And we got to talk a lot about his new podcast, which is called Strike Force Five. Mm. Great fucking name. Who are the five on the Strike Force? Well, we got Stephen Colbert. We got Jimmy Fallon. We got Jimmy Kimmel, Seth Meyers, and John Oliver. It's a party. That's a group right there. What a group. Good luck in that group. You better fucking have a sharp sword if you want to enter that. Oh, God. Right? No thanks. Well, I think he has the sharpest of all swords, Jimmy Kimmel, my idol, my hero. Please enjoy. We are supported by Ollie. I love Ollie. Yeah, they're delicious, aren't they? Yeah, it's kind of annoying because I want to eat more. Yeah, well, yes, that is the only downside of Ollie's. You want to eat the whole jar. Now, as you all know, I have kids, and that means it's always about them. But look, I need some support too, and that's where Ollie comes in. My mom uses Ollie. She does. Yeah, and she has it out on the kitchen table so she won't forget. Oh, sure. So it's like a permanent decoration. Yeah. Well, in the same way, my Ollie sleep aid is on the nightstand next to my bed. So it too is a permanent There you go. So this year I'm doing wellness on my own terms. And so can you with delicious vitamins and supplements from Ollie. Go to Ollie.com, O-L-L-Y.com to discover the sleep, mood, and multivitamin supplements we take every day and get 15% off your first order order by using the code SPOTIFY15. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. We are supported by Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm. Ooh. Myrtle Beach, I have so much nostalgia. Me too. I did a spring break in Myrtle yes. Beach. Yes. Did you guys used to go there from Georgia? Yeah. It mm. was a very common beach destination. Ugh. Long sun-drenched days, live music every night, and 60 miles of uninterrupted coastline to enjoy. The beach truly is where your best self comes out. Combine that with the irresistible aroma of fresh seafood, southern classics, and local low country cuisine from over 2,000 restaurants, and you've got yourself the perfect vacation. You belong at the beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. That's visitmyrtlebeach.com. He's an Like the four and five minute range, where we're like, okay, okay either that his prostate is a mess, <laughs> or it he's is definitely always a shitting. 
upstairs right now. Yeah, because that's going to be a nightmare for a female to come in and like, oh, this I is know, it. I know. It's going to get fixed. We have to get better about offering the other bathroom as a just in case. Okay, in the pool house? Because yeah. remember when Jenna Ortega came on, she said she thought she had to poop. On her the whole ride here. here, she's like, I thought I was going to shit my pants. Yeah. And I was like, well, do you want to go in and <laughs> shit? And she's like, no, I can't do I that held. here. She's like, it's gone. It went away. It's gone. <laughs> Sucked back I in. I absorbed it. Yeah. It made me like her immediately. I agree. It tells you you're going to be dealing with somebody who's not pulling any punches. Yeah, they're yeah. going to be honest and tell you what they're really struggling with. <laughs> to a point, with. of course. There is a point at which it becomes a little bit. You think it's too much? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. We don't have that line. Well, I wonder, though. If in a group of girls, like certainly when a group of guys, it's getting fouler and fouler. And at some point you're like, mm, I'm out on that. That got too gross, yeah, you know, even right. among dudes. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if her women pushing it like that or someone finally steps over the line. Verbally? Yeah, like you're talking like, oh, my own shit my pants. Yeah. Yeah, I played with mine. Either. What? You know, like they'll, <laughs> oh, someone wow. throws. It might be me. If I think there's no one, it's probably me. That's like, a good point. I hang out with you too much. If you haven't recognized the fish at the table. Yeah, you're the, yeah. that's right. My wife does not like any real discussion of any of that. Oh, she doesn't. She doesn't. No, at least from her. Have you drilled down into it? Like, have you said, do you think I'm going to not be attracted to you? I've gone even farther and I'd say, do you think that I believe right. this story that you never move your bowels. Yeah. You are the only human on the planet. In fact, the last two women I've dated in a row are the only two women in the world who do not move their bowels. Wow, really? lucky you. Wow. Yeah, isn't that great? It's just self-cleaning. Maybe somehow. something about being with you really <laughs> tightens things up. Like you're you perpetually be, on vacation. For someone like that, I'd be the last person you want to meet, right? <laughs> yeah. But opposites attract. That's right. <laughs> They sure do. How long have you guys been together? Molly and I have been together. Well, we just had our 10-year anniversary this summer. Of marriage. Of marriage. But you were dating for a couple years before that. Okay, so 12 plus years. She hasn't gone once. It's incredible. Oh. Is that the longest relationship you've had? No. How long were you married? Oh, my mother. I thought you okay. meant... No. <laughs> Well, I was technically married for 15 years the first time, but we were married, but trying to get unmarried for the last two years of that. I guess you're coming up on a tying your record. Yeah, and I'm going to passing it. <laughs> She'll be thrilled to hear that. <laughs> I, so what you're an honor almost for almost tied. May I host the party? Yeah, we should have it here. <laughs> yeah. I do want to point something out because I have to say I'm a little bit surprised. I've been to your house from time to time. Usually it's nighttime when we come over here. I got an email from you the first time I was on the show, which was like five and a half years ago. You were the third episode. Okay. So yeah, yeah, over five and a half years and ago. And the email said, this is a construction zone, and I got the identical email oh. five and a half years later. I mean, it wasn't word for word identical, <laughs> okay. but you're working on the same project. Well, you know they say the journey's more fun than the destination. <laughs> Why finish? Like, this is so fun. There's strange dudes at my house all the time. <laughs> Often I go to take my kids to school school and there's three work trucks behind me and then I blow my gasket. Oh, you would love this story. I have all my timers plugged into something for the Christmas lights last year and I got some chargers for my vehicles and everything and I go out and I notice it's all unplugged. Construction guys have unplugged all my stuff and then they're running a line over to the thing and I really lose my cool. It's an early in the morning. I'm screaming. <laughs> three hours later, I'm like, I owe those guys an apology. <laughs> so I go out there. I'm like, Guys, I'm so, so sorry. I was just feeling very rushed. It's not your fault. I make this long apology. And the funniest thing was I noticed on their face, 
they're so much more uncomfortable with this than they were the yelling. <laughs> like, right, they yeah. were all like, just start yelling again, dude. This is so uncomfortable. <laughs> you being vulnerable and apologizing and owning your shit. <laughs> that barn you built, that's beautiful. How long did that take? Not this long. Okay. <laughs> we're at five and a half years. Also, this <laughs> attic, it was in a state of disrepair, and it seemed to be you were finishing the attic. Mm. It seems to be less finished now than it was that's right. five plus years ago. That's exactly There are right. things hanging out. I mean, this place is a it's, mess. It's a junkyard, yeah. It's awful. As you can see, we've added so many knickknacks around that we hope all those distract you. You've added chairs that look like somebody put them out on the curb. I think you have good aesthetics, and I want you to be very honest about what this chair looks like to you. It looks comfortable is what it looks. It's also the single biggest chair that Lily Tomlin was not sitting in that I've ever seen. I'm so glad you noticed that because when it arrived, I bought it off the website. Lazyboy.com. And I'm like, oh, I love that print. And I couldn't sit in there anymore because my back was sweating too much against the leather. So I'm like, I need fabric. <laughs> and then it arrived. And I'm like, this is a big and tall. My feet don't touch the yeah. ground. This is like a six, eight, 400 pound guy chair. Yeah, this is a TLC <laughs> reality yes, show it chair. Is. <laughs> yes. Maybe even a Shark Tank chair as well. Like 16% of Americans can't fit in a Lazy Boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a huge underserved I'll market. I'll give you $2 million. <laughs> <laughs> and I want 89% of the company. I so stressed when they want that percentage of the company. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like, uh, these people have been working. You're just going to write a check and take almost the whole thing? Oh, oh, no. You pig. It should be called Pig Tank. <laughs> it, is. it should be. Oh, my Lord. So I listened to Strike Force 5 this morning. Our new podcast. Your yeah. new podcast. You're in the podcast game now. Yeah, temporarily. Well, that's going to be a bigger conversation I want to have with you, regardless. First and foremost about Strike Force 5, I feel like it says something really nice about our current culture, that the five of you get along and have like come together. We wouldn't be able to imagine this scenario between Leno and Letterman. Even going back to when I was on the radio and you'd go into a market and you would instantly hate everyone you competed against. You didn't even know these people, but yeah. you hated them. You thought they were terrible. <laughs> yeah. If something bad happened, you would cheer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. You pray yeah. one of them get arrested it the is night before. Different. You know what happened is the first one was kind of a mess. And when I say the first one, I mean the strike. And there were a few of us who were around back then who remembered that there were like two factions of hosts. There was like a West coast and an East coast. Oh and only John Stewart was communicating with both of us. <laughs> so anyway, Stephen Colbert thought it would be smart if we had a weekly zoom to talk about how we're handling things, etc. And it became like the highlight of my week. And it would sometimes go on for hours as the strike went on longer and longer. And we thought, hmm, maybe we should do something with this and make some money on it and give it to our staff. That's yes. Very nice. And that's been successful. It has. People seem excited about it. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I had heard about it before it was a podcast because I had been, as was talked about on the first episode, I had been on Seth's Family Trips podcast. Right. And when I was hanging with him, because we were in Martha's Vineyard, he was telling me that he does a weekly Zoom with you guys. And I thought, I'm this so is jealous. really lovely and so different from anything in the past. It's fun. At first, it was like, how are you going to handle this? And then there became no reason for it. At all. There was no, there were no, there was no business discussed. Right, right, right. I first was thinking, I wonder if we could put this on TV. Yeah, something, you know, yeah. Then that didn't seem, yeah, we didn't want to break the strike, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little confusing, though, what it's breaking the strike is. Would you agree? 
I have a pretty good sense of it. You can't promote stuff that's on TV or can't promote a movie. Okay, so the coming out so makes So I should total... say, just you know, because people are hysterical lunatics who love to stab you Police. as much as they possibly yes. can, we're not promoting anything. We're just friends chatting here. That's, that's right. right. In fact, don't watch any of my shows. That's what we <laughs> urge people. But you can listen to your podcast. Yes, that's totally in a safe. different category. I guess the confusing part for me is... Well, there's many confusing parts, but one is I totally get not promoting a new movie. That makes sense. You got to punish these. But like, I'll be talking to someone who's like, we're going to pretend, I don't know. We're going to pretend Are we promoting Frozen to acknowledge that Adina was in Frozen? Is that a violation? What's your stance on that? I think if it's not in the release window, I think you're probably okay. That's kind of what I feel like the spirit of it should be. And then I was also saying like, are we pretending that we're not streaming every night? Like, am I supposed to go in here and pretend I haven't seen every doc on Netflix in the last eight weeks? If you didn't make them, I think you're okay. I know, but ironically, I am kind of promoting the streamer, which is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It gets a little confusing. Yeah, maybe by the time this is released, it will all be settled. Oh, wouldn't that be lovely? That would be nice. Had you heard the rumor I had two weeks ago, like, from high up, it's done. They're going to announce it right after Labor Day. <laughs> I did, but I didn't believe it. You didn't. And I never do because I don't think anyone actually knows what's going on. And when I say that, I don't think even the people negotiating know because they only know their half of it. So mm-hmm. how would anybody know? But it's funny because Guillermo, my sidekick on that show, you shouldn't watch. <laughs> yes. And well, there you can't any watch it right now, right? Or are there reruns? There are reruns, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, check those out. What time are those on? <laughs> <laughs> Same time that they always are. <laughs> Guillermo got an inside tip from a friend <laughs> that the strike was going to end on Tuesday of this week. And then it didn't end on Tuesday of this week. And of course, we all <laughs> went to Guillermo's. Guillermo, what's your buddy saying? He's like, oh, I guess he was wrong. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. But wouldn't that be great if Guillermo was the only one who knew? That would oh. be great. <laughs> and almost plausible, because you could imagine the person going like, oh, I can tell this guy. Who's he know? Yeah. Right? You could underestimate Guillermo. Almost plausible, but not in mm. any way plausible. Still yeah. wouldn't happen. It was someone who worked for Disney, he said. I said, was it Goofy? <laughs> <laughs> was it Goofy? <laughs> was it Cinderella, maybe? <laughs> was it Mickey? Oh, he wouldn't have said it. He wouldn't have broke the ranks, would he have? Wait, I have a question because we talked about your faux pas outside. How's your temper? I don't have much of a temper. Every once in a while, if I feel I've really been wronged, yeah, I will get upset. Okay. I shouldn't say I don't have a temper. I do, but I don't do indulge it. I just get mad and then I internalize it. Yeah. I just stash it away. Yeah. Yeah. Take it out on your body in some weird (laughs) way. Eat something. Right to the refrigerator. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Consume some things. (laughs) The maddest I've been this month, though, I went to the doctor and I'm in the parking lot. You know, these doctors' parking lots are $2.50 every 15 minutes. Yeah. It's insane. You talk about healthcare. That's where they're really (laughs) killing you is the parking. (laughs) So there's the gate and the machine and the machine's not working. You know, I try to swipe my credit card and do the thing where you press it up against the thing, which I can never do. The tap, yeah, it's hard. It's not working. And I call them and they go, oh, let me take your card and I'll go to the booth and swipe it. So the guy takes my card. He doesn't come back for like nine minutes. Now there's a line behind me. And now there are two women behind me who take pity on me, think I don't have money. (laughs) And I said, I appreciate it. It's the machine that's not working. And then they had to go back to their car and I'm sitting there waiting for the guy. And as I'm waiting... 
two more revolutions of 15 minutes go through. So now my charge is $5 more than it was when I got to the gate. And now I'm mad because now it's the principal thing. And finally, the guy comes out and lets me through. And I say, hey, you know, this is not the amount. This is $12 now. I was supposed to pay seven or whatever it was. And he goes, uh, oh, well, let me go get the manager. He no. starts running no. off my credit card again. I'm like, no, 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 come back. I got to be honest. You got exactly what you deserved in that moment. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> On a car level, yes. And what if he came yes. back and it had been $5 more? Oh. Turns out my manager said no, and of course now you can't get out. Then I would have assumed my cousin Sal was in the building somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At some point you would drive through the gate. I also would imagine. I have done that. I did that at the hospital once. I was so sick. I went into the emergency room and I realized I was not going to be seen for hours. I got out and you couldn't pay. You needed a token. This was at oh. St. John's oh. in Burbank, and I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm driving through this gate and I just snapped the damn thing off wow. and no ramifications. Good. Oh None whatsoever. <laughs> I have done it once, but I didn't have the pleasure of making the decision to do it. And then probably what you felt afterwards. It was an accident? Yeah, it was at Warner Brothers. I was in a truck that was too big. The little lever was below the hood. I couldn't really see it. And so I'm talking with the guy at the guard shack and we're getting along great. And then he hands me my pass and I'm like, have a good one, boss. And I just punch it. I just drove right through the fucking You know, they have a collection of those because it happens all the time. I was relieved to find out that this was like a daily occurrence They also, at the gas station, people drive off every single day. Which is why they now have the breakaway ones. They have the breakaway ones. (laughs) But they will charge you like $150 or something. I think so, yeah. Okay, back to not believing Guillermo's source. Or even bigger than that, that no one actually knows. I think this is where you and I share a very similar disposition. Which is why I kind of was shocked when you believed a lot of this JFK conspiracy stuff. Oh. Because I thought you and I processed things the same way. Which is like, no one keeps any secrets. Everyone's a blabbermouth. There's no real secrets. Right. You're talking about that thing we talked about that that guy told me that yeah, I was I supposed to never guy. tell anybody. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, well, but it confirmed all of your JFK theories. Somebody killed him, right? So is it even a conspiracy at that point, or well, is it just a poorly guess, unsolved murder? Well, you don't think it was Lee Harvey Oswald? Honestly, I just think it's a great story. It is, and it seems just as believable to me as Lee Harvey Oswald. I'm not a great student of the JFK assassination. In the same way, like I know every bit of minutiae about the OJ trial because I lived through it and I was watching it, but it sounded pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait, now can people we say are what be, it is? No, I can't. I can't oh, say what it is. Dax. I, I promise. But <laughs> it's I easy mean, to I, summarize. I broke the promise. Someone <laughs> had access to classified information, read the classified information, said everything you thought was true is true virtually. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't it wasn't anything new. It yeah, was and it fairly... wasn't Guillermo's informant. This was a legitimate. Been. It may have been one of Guillermo's guys. <laughs> He's got true. a lot of people on the inside. We don't know. Okay, now back to the podcast, Strike Force Five. I'm listening to it. And I'm like, this is great. I'm enjoying this so much. I have to say, there is a salacious curiosity I have when I listen to it. I would compare it to watching The Departed. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, I didn't see it because Matt Damon's in it, but yeah. But you're aware of who's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's every single biggest movie star on the planet. You got right. fucking Jack Nicholson in there and Leonardo DiCaprio and your sworn enemy, Matt Damon and Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> and that this is like, bring them all here and let's point a camera at these guys and let's see who your eye goes to. That was my kind of 
perverse interest in that movie. Like, okay, if these two aren't a scene together and it's a two shot, like, who am I drawing? It was almost like a battle royale. Or like of these. Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's also Eleven. Also with Matt Damon, so you also probably haven't seen it. We are the world. We are the world. Exactly. <laughs> who's gonna hit that right note and kind of blow everyone else? Who's away? Lionel? Who's Michael? <laughs> yes. <laughs> who's <laughs> Bruce? Who's Ray Charles? My conclusion on Departed was Nicholson is unbeatable. If you put Nicholson in a two shot with a fucking chimpanzee on fire, you'll probably be watching Jack's face to see how he reacts to it. Right. I mean, he's just so charismatic. So in some weird, perverse way, I'm kind of excited to hear all of you guys who, in theory, are competitors, I guess, and you have a similar job. But listening to who's going to land where, who takes the lead, that's all very fun for an audience member. It is. And I think you might have a different conclusion at the end of each episode of the show. Fun. I like that. What we decided, because we are broadcasters, we know how this works is that it was going to be a big mess if there wasn't a host, right? Mm -hmm. There has to be a host. And so we decided each one of us will take each episode and kind of follow it all the way through. So we'll prepare the episode, we'll host the episode, that person will edit the episode. And then you hand it off. And then you hand it off, right. Okay, so you were obviously the first host. I was the first host. Seth was the second host. Steven was the third host. I could have it wrong. We've taped five of them so far. And now it's back to me for the next one. And I'm breaking the spirit of it because what I already said was really cool about it is that everyone's getting along and I think it's very encouraging. But anyways, the point is I was having like a really fun time listening to all this until I got to this part where you go like, oh yeah, you know what I fucking hate is when people come to my fishing lodge and they don't fish. Right. It irks me. Oh. That's right. And I, of course, immediately was like, well, fuck, I've been there four times now. But we've I, talked about this. I told you about it. That you're mad. And I'm mad. I shouldn't have said mad. Well, irked is a dark word. No, but your explanation to me, which I remember very well, was good enough that you're off the list. And here's what it was. Listen, there are some people who don't fish because their six-year-old daughter is a vegetarian and doesn't want them to go fish. Okay. 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 That's so that's irksome. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. You explained it to me in the best possible way. I don't know if you remember, but you said, I've seen what has happened to you, and I've seen what has happened to our mutual friend, Tom, Tom and I've seen what has happened to etc. And I know that this is going to happen to me also, where I become obsessed with fly fishing, and I want to wait a few years until I, don't I think do that. the bandwidth currently. To me, that's like, okay, that makes sense. And I'll go further. Maybe I didn't say it out loud to you, but I have said it on here. I think maybe when Jake was on or something, why I don't fish. It's even deeper than that, which is also... Two dudes I idolize, Tom Hansen and you. I idolize both of you. And I think, well, fuck, if these two heroes of mine are, I'm of course going to get obsessed. There's also some weird, I admire both of you. And the fact that you do it makes me believe even more I would get obsessed with it. It's like you're saving your virginity. You're waiting yeah. for marriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could commit to you publicly that the first time I go fishing, I would like to go with you. Well, that I would actually be furious if you do go fly fishing with someone. Yeah, Tommy could I go, go fly fishing. That's okay. You guys have known each other longer. But I really love taking people fly fishing for the first time. You do. But I don't want to also put like a ton of pressure on you because there are people that I love who I have a huge amount in common with. My cousin Sal, for instance, if you look in the back of the boat, he'll be watching the game on his phone. <laughs> okay, so he got disrespects fishing. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't like it. It's just not his thing. We talked about this on one of the fact checks and Dax gave an explanation, but we were waiting for you to come to give the actual explanation of what is the psychology behind 
why you like it. I would love to explain yeah. that. Good, because Monica, I think, rightly was like, well, I a, don't get it. Right, like, oh, this seems boring. Well, first of all, you haven't done it, I right? I haven't. So no. that's probably the main reason why you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> but in the particular way that we are fly fishing on the Snake River, you're on a slow-moving boat with two other people. You are mostly quiet, but also having conversations. You're getting direction from your guide, and you're watching a fly on the water. This fly is the size of the head of a Q-tip. You're so focused on that fly on the water under this canopy of nature that is quite beautiful. The only thing I can really compare it to that everyone understands is when you become hypnotized on the freeway, when you're driving and your brain just mm. goes on its own. Yes. I have more ideas when I'm fly fishing than anything. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's like the sh proverbial shower for musicians or driving. Yeah. yeah, it's just like that. The day goes by like that, and sometimes you haven't looked around for hours. Like right. you will look up and go, oh, wow, it's beautiful here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's moose. Which is pretty crazy because most of the time that's what you'd be focused on, yeah. you know? It's just that particular point of focus. When you do that, it frees the rest of your brain. And for me- It's euphoric. Yeah, it is. It's euphoric. That's the perfect word to describe it. Okay, then that's a little different than what my guess was. Yeah. Here was my guess. Because my very favorite thing is going to the track on the motorcycle simply because it is the only moment in my whole life where I actually can't focus on another thing or I will crash. It's like that cut and dry. Right. I can't like wander to, do I have enough money for the rest of my life? <laughs> you know, going into a turn at 1.30. Mm -hmm. It's almost <laughs> like this, <laughs> right? That, that makes me laugh because I know that's a real fall. Oh, of course, every 12 minutes. <laughs> so for me, it's forced presence, which is kind of hard for me because my mind's always all over the place. My guess was like, yeah, you're trying to hit this certain spot, but everything's moving. It's not bobber fishing. I was trying to explain. It's not like you just throw it out there and then you wait for a little signal. It's like you're actively constantly trying to get it somewhere. Yeah, and you're casting, you're hitting targets, and then there's that moment of drama when that fly that you've been looking at sometimes for 40 minutes straight, a big trout comes oh. up from under the water and attacks it. And then if you're not paying attention, you're not gonna die but you're gonna wish you because you're gonna be the same yeah. if you lost it. You know, you just take your eye off or you're watching the other guy. And if you don't focus, you'll miss that fish because you have to set the hook. It also sounds like nature's video game. Yeah, that is what it is. Sure. Yeah. yeah, there's that just like element of surprise and achievement. And also it rings some, I think, caveman bells. I could catch fish if I needed to in yes. a pinch. You yeah. Know? Yes. I could feed my tribe. You can survive. I'm safe yeah. somehow. And then we release the fish right into the... <laughs> Although there is a fish up there that you're encouraged to keep. The rainbow trout is considered to be an invasive trout. It's a very controversial and gets people very fired up, but they're trying to protect the cutthroat trout from being displaced because rainbow trout and cutthroat will breed together. Mm. They become cut bows whereas brown trout will not breed with the other trout. Mm. And so the browns, even though they're not supposed to be there, they're okay. <laughs> That's going to be the clip we pull out. <laughs> yeah. The browns, even though they're not there supposed to be there. There is a very interesting. <laughs> It'd be better if the browns weren't here, but they're here, but luckily you can ignore them. No, in this world, everybody's <laughs> thumbs up on the browns. Nobody, it's the Everyone rainbows. Everyone loves the browns. Oh, the rainbows. It's the LGBTQ oh. plus fish. Oh, okay, that makes yeah. sense. They're I taking it on the chin angles. even down there. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah it's tough. It's Idaho, you know? <laughs> oh, that's true. They need to get those fish over to the LA River. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. I love it. And I love knowing just little quirks and the things that get people going. And do you see a time limit? Probably not, right? Because we have people like Tom Hansen. Well, there are very old men fishing. So that's another great thing about it. Yeah. And do you- And women. Are you ever doing it and have that slight fear in the back of your head? Like, God, I hope I- don't ever stop liking this? No, I don't think I will ever stop liking it. You feel very confident. Yeah, I feel pretty confident. It's funny because like I got my dad into it. I said, you know, usually the father will take the son yeah, fishing sure. for his first time. But, you know, we're from Brooklyn. You well, that'll IBM. be this. The father will take the son. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. 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 Can't wait. <laughs> I did that with Bateman. I took him out. Yeah. Oh. Well, everyone that returns loves it. Not everyone. Throw someone under the bus. Adam Carolla doesn't like it. He doesn't hate it. But either you love it or you secretly don't really like it. It's kind of one of those things. Right. You're not half in on it. A it's couple a, of my friends were just not into it. I guess my other concern is it's not like you guys go fishing for an hour. No, no. It's the whole day. It's yeah. the whole day. Yeah. yeah. That's part of what's great about it. Because you get to have a conversation with... First of all, one of your friends or family members for a whole day. Yeah. And then there's a guide. You get to know a complete stranger in detail. Oh, well, it yeah. would be like driving in an Uber up to Portland. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You'd really know that person. And being real you got chatty there. with the driver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know fishing is interesting, certainly to me, but you keep going. I got to find something. I got to tell you something about my wife and you. Oh, 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 oh okay. Great. Exciting. Great. I really look forward to that. I have one last question about the fishing, though, but now I've come completely lost it oh you took billy for the first time this year right yeah i took him out on the boat for the first time oh he didn't fish yeah he fished we'd fished in the pond but right it was his first time fishing in the boat and he liked it right you sent a picture of him holding the fish um you know it's funny <laughs> it's a long time i'd yeah. imagine at that age my son billy is a real character he sits on my lap and I hold the rod, and then we catch fish, right? And we caught a bunch of big fish, and then he kind of had enough. And we get back to the lodge, and everyone's like, oh, Billy. They're looking at the pictures. Great job, great job, great job. And Billy sits there nodding. And afterwards, he says to my wife, I didn't catch any of those fish. Dad caught them all. <laughs> oh, good. I just put my hand on the rod. <laughs> well, good. He's got integrity. He's That's six what you years learned. old. <laughs> I was like, you got to play along with the game like your sister does. Come on now. Yeah. So my um, wife, I mean, you are probably her number one favorite. I don't know if you're aware of this. Aww. No, but I'm In delighted. life and also the podcast as well. Oh, wow. And I think the podcast has really fueled it because obviously you don't spend a tremendous amount of time together. Or if you do, just keep that quiet. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> one night, Molly is going on and on and on about how evolved and vulnerable you are. Oh, oh which, Of course, these are also veiled insults. Of directed course. At me. Of course. <laughs> negging, and negging. She's going on about how funny and all this stuff and to the point where, and I rarely do this, I still start to get a little jealous. Yes, okay. <laughs> this is the best day of Dax's life. I said, well, did you hear the nice things Dax said about me? <laughs> like now looking <laughs> to basically get her approval based on the approval that's of somebody. Right. The guy you're in love with is in love with me. Exactly. Okay, that's like, where all roads lead to me. So you're already with the guy. I'm is. embarrassed to say I actually said this and I wrote it down because I didn't want to forget it. And I said, honestly, I was getting jealous, you know, listening. And she said, don't be jealous. Just be more like Dax. <laughs>
Yeah. Oh, Molly, oh. let's do it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Oh. Let's just take all this and get out. She has no idea what she's just Kristen done. Kristen and Jimmy will be happy together. It's, it's a great I think we would be very compatible. <laughs> I think we could switch a room. And be very it's a little. bad deal for Kristen, let's be honest. But, you no, know, no, we can no, no. Out. You know Absolutely what she not. says? She says, hey, Jimmy's so even keeled. And have you ever noticed he's so kind and generous and nice? No, she's she in love with you as well. Nice. Well, you know, that's what you say about like a grandparent. No, no. <laughs> as you're leaving the convalescent home. <laughs> so even keeled. All the other seniors are throwing their food all around, not Jimmy. Not Jimmy. <laughs> I will tell you another thing. I was starting to defend myself by attacking you when she was talking about how evolved you were. And I said, Dax has evolved. Dax is sitting in his house wearing military fatigues waiting to kill his robbers. <laughs> exactly. That's not a bomb. She goes, you'd be right in there with him. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, I was in underwear and running shoes. I went to sleep in, and I also have my gloves on. I ride motorcycles with the Kevlar knuckles. Well, you have to have those. Yes, I, mean, I don't want to gonna... hurt my hands as I'm pummeling these guys to death in the doggy door. <laughs> But you remember the punchline of the story is that for people don't remember you, the house was robbed three times. We came back from vacation. I'm like, everything's got to look the same. Park the car in the back. I want them to think we're gone again. Hopefully they're coming back. You guys sleep in the front room with the door locked. I'm sleeping in our bedroom where the dog door is. Sleep in the underwear, the running shoes, and the gloves. Hear a noise at 3.30 in the morning. Leap out of bed. Run through the bathroom to get to the doggy door. Hit my shoulder on the side of the door. The hardest I've ever hurt myself. It spun me around. I continued going and I got to the doggy door. And I was like about to pass out. My shoulder hurt so bad. There was nobody there. And I thought... Oh, my mind, the way I was going to be at attention was so wrong. Oh, yeah. It's like a Liam Neeson <laughs> my movie. fantasy versus what happened. It's like I ran like a cartoon straight into the wall trying to defend the house. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> yeah. But you kind of just confirmed one of my fears, which is I got to imagine there's a ton of husbands that just fucking hate my guts. I would hate You're it. like Oprah, you know, in a lot of ways. I remember when Oprah was at her zenith in the <laughs> 90s, uh-huh. and I'd come home from work, and my now ex-wife would be yelling at me about something she saw about men on Oprah. And I was like, I don't know who this woman is, but she is causing me a lot of problems. Yes. This brilliant dude in Michigan made a video that made its way to me. And it's just him in his front yard. And he goes, I want to know who this Dax guy is. My wife's always telling me, this Dax guy drives a fucking Pacifica. My wife thinks this guy's so cool. He's just going crazy because I drive a Pacifica. I'm kind of delighted it's happening to you. Yeah, yeah. It is happening to me. It really has. It's interesting. It's never really happened to me before. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by BetterHelp. Listen, I understand that sometimes you want to keep things to yourself, process your emotions in your own time. But if you keep everything bottled up, it can have some serious consequences. I have therapy on Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. I had therapy this morning. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and it put me in the greatest mood. We had a long, big day, and I just felt much better for having you were some... not to out you. You were a little grumpy going in. I was. I was. I was to be Rob specific. and I received some texts this Yeah, I was locked morning. out of my therapy setting, which is this attic. <laughs> <sighs> But then you felt much better after. I felt much better. And I even made some apologies. Um, Talking things out can be so helpful. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. Check out BetterHelp if you've been thinking of trying therapy. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. 
It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for any reason for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DAX today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DAX. We are supported by ZipRecruiter. Are there some fantastic concerts coming to your city this summer? Mine too. In fact, Anderson Pack's playing at the Hollywood Bowl. I can't wait for Ooh, it. Ooh, that's exciting. If you want to be sure to see your favorite artist, you need to jump on it right away. I've already DM'd him saying, yes, I got to be in that front row. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Got your eye on a rock star candidate? ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash DAX. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We are supported by Canva. Good presentations take time. Or they used to, because now you have Canva to help you make amazing slides fast. I'm talking like seconds, thanks to the power of AI in Canva presentations. All you have to do is start with a prompt like a sales presentation for a tech company, then sit back and let Canva work its magic. It's incredible what AI is doing. I'm seeing all kinds of image generated. I follow I these architectural websites that it's all AI generated. It's just mind blowing what it comes up with. You just tell it what you want and it'll do it. Boom. It's a time saver and it's easy for any department to use. And it's great for companies of any size. Even Fortune 500 companies rely on Canva. Finish your work faster and generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Okay, so one thing I think I want to explore with you, and you said it on the first episode of Strike Force 5, you had really been wanting to retire. Yeah, I did want to retire. You were like certain, right? When I talked to you, it was going to take a miracle to get you. I was very certain. When was this? This was about two years ago, a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. The first time, yeah, you told me was in Idaho two summers ago. Right. I thought that was it. All right, I've had enough. And I know this sounds ridiculously trivial but you start looking around your office and you go do i really want to clean all this out <laughs> oh <laughs> am i really gonna now go through these closets and box wow. off and that's step one <laughs> on the i might stay uh -huh. journey wow. And then you start looking around at the people and go, boy, these people are really not going to be happy if I retire, and especially when I don't have to. And then ABC was particularly aggressive and enthusiastic, which I'd not really experienced before. I liked the new people that came in there, and uh, I thought, well, I haven't really even had a chance to work with these people. And when it was all said and done, there I was signed up. And there were a lot of people in my life who were like, I knew you weren't going to go. And you're like, really? I didn't. I thought I was going to go. I believed you, but I had I believed me too. 
Well, exactly. So I believed you in the same way I believe myself, which is I make declarations like this all the time. I was very relieved that we had Jake Johnson on the other day. You must have had him on. Oh, I know you had yeah, him on. I, I watched. Jake yeah. yeah. He had shaved his head the last episode. Oh, yeah. His, right. Yeah, yeah. He looked insane with a shaved head. We were just bonding over the fact like these declarations. Like I'm done acting. You know, why do I have to say that out loud? Why, why, do, why do I have to declare that? I can't just go like, well, just leave it at today. Today, you don't want to. Usually what happens is you get forced to answer the question. Like somebody will ask you in an interview. Every interview, people are like, it's going to be 20 years. I started to feel like people wanted me to leave. Right. You know, it's like, like time. You got to dance around the question because you don't want everybody at work. Well, especially they phrase out. it like, how much longer are you going to do this? Yeah. <laughs> how much longer you think you're going to stick around? Well, don't you think yours is a little and we all do this, but a little ego, where you are worried people are thinking, why hasn't he done he any acting? More? I haven't seen him do any acting in a long time, so you have to be ahead of it, and I've decided I'm not doing that anymore. I'm in charge I'm in of charge, this. I'm in control, yeah. That's always a part of your life, right? Do you remember when Larry King had Jerry Seinfeld on at the end of the Seinfeld show, and he's like, Seinfeld's being canceled after, you know, okay. nine years. Like, how do you, and Jerry lost his mind. Oh, he did. You know, in a funny way, <laughs> yeah, but he's yeah. like, oh, why are we You can't call it canceled. <laughs> the one person thought that the show had been canceled yes. was so inflammatory. Yes. And what a beautiful example, because this is the person with the most successful show of all yeah, time. Right. And even yeah. that person yeah. isn't inoculated from that. No one is questioning what his status was was at NBC, yeah. except for one very old man who's still hosting a talk show. <laughs> who used the wrong word yeah. unintentionally. <laughs> Maybe not, but that I don't know. That is comforting, though. It is. I think that's what I always like when Stern has legends on, and you get to hear, say, Dave, the whole time was fearful. <laughs> that's so comforting. I know it is. Billy Crystal once told me, oh, I get so nervous before doing something, and I was like, oh, it was comforting? Also, I went, oh, no, it's going to be like this always. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. But I actually think it helps you go, okay, this is how everyone feels. And now I can get over it because there's no merit to it. It's like human nature. It was one of just those little things someone said to me that really helped me in a weird way. Oh, also, this has had to have happened to you. I won't say the person's name, but someone I absolutely worshipped growing up and was a comedian that I thought, well, if I had what they had, I would be so happy. And then when I came to meet them and they were very, very unhappy, I wanted to say like, you've just given me the biggest gift imaginable. I can see that that's not gonna make me happy. I'm sure that made them even happier. I didn't say <laughs> that to them, but I remember thinking, I'm actually grateful I now can see. It's funny because it's a lesson that is needle pointed on the wall of like, many TJ houses, Max. you know, yeah. whatever, and you don't really yeah. buy it until you see it. Yeah, well, really you can true. know things intellectually and you can know them emotionally and you can maybe know them both ways. I've heard a lot of sayings and I could explain a lot of sayings, especially from AA, but until the one moment you were like, oh, yeah. right, one day at a time is very profound. It's like as an American, you think we have it better and we are in a better spot and happier than everyone, every place else. And then you go to a second or third world country and you go, why do these people seem so much happier than we are? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They seem to be having a lot more fun. Who's winning? Yeah. Well, for me, that was moving to LA, living in a one bedroom apartment above another one bedroom apartment where six, seven people lived. And initially I was like, oh my God, where are they sleeping? I'm so concerned about them. But I lived above them for 10 years. The amount of laughing that was happening all day long. I'm sitting up there by myself in my apartment lonely. And I'm like, oh, I guess they're fucking winning. And they're having the best day of their life every day. They're a little 
lessons that we're taught and we don't learn. Or you just learn the same lesson over and over again every six months. That also happens to me. Same epiphanies. Yeah, it's almost like I need a special file where I write the important things yeah. down yeah. that I review on a regular basis, but it's all fleeting always. Wait, what are yours? They're Molly so will love to hear it. It'll well, be I'm so, so vulnerable of now. you. Yeah. <laughs> There's this song by James Taylor called The Secret of Life or Secret O Life for whatever reason he gave it like a funny <laughs> title. That's not a funny song. It actually is the secret of life. And it's very simple. It's the secret of life is enjoying the passage of time. Mm. And it's a great song, but the lyrics are very powerful. And it's something that you can't just flip a switch and enjoy the passage of time, but it makes you remember that at certain times in your life. Well, on the podcast, you kind of alluded to another reason why you wanted to work again, which is you had an abundance of time off, which also happens, right? When you're working a ton, you want time off. Then when you have time off, you're like, I'm built to work. Yeah, I got the summers off, which none of the other hosts have. You said it makes it that much more enjoyable knowing everyone else doesn't have the summer. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. Jimmy said. of course. <laughs> it's like, I get guys. something for being the one doing this the longest. That's yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> you earned it. That was a big thing for me. If ABC hadn't said, what if we give you the summer off I wouldn't still be doing this. Right. Yeah. Because it takes everything. There are many jobs that are harder. I would never compare it to like a manual labor job or even some of the jobs I've had in the past, but it requires all of you. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Kristen did it once. She guest hosted when I was working for her and it was so full on. We did both leave and she's like, I don't know how he can do this every day. Every, like, this every is insane. Day. The next day and the yes, next day. And, yeah. never ends. and you see something or you notice something. You're like, oh, good. I have a nugget that I can fill four minutes with, you know, yes. like those little okay. things. Great. I'm going to ask you some advice, which is I did the math. And so we'll just say you've been on for 20 years. At the time this was printed, 2,694 episodes. If you average two interviews an episode, you've done 5,388 oh interviews. Now we've done about 700 and it feels preposterously too much. And then I look at this number, I'm like, oh my God, it's like fucking 10X. So you've obviously been through every cycle that I could be experiencing. You've also done it in a much shorter period of time and your interviews are much lengthier. So they're pretty close, I think. Well, probably the thing I'm guessing, or I pray you've had the experience of is, it just happened to me, beautiful guests on, beautiful interview. And I come out and I go, these are so boring now. I'm so boring. I'm out of everything. I cannot get anything exciting out of everyone. What is this? What am I doing to make this good or better? Do you have these cycles? Not based on any data. Nothing happened that would make me start thinking this, but I just have these waves. I do. I try to be aware of patterns that I fall into and then try to make an effort to vary from them. The best thing you could do, which is also the worst thing you could do, is listen to yourself because oh, you yeah. learn so much if you go back and listen, but it's so painful. You do get to a point where you're good enough at it that you don't have to do that. You can still be pretty good. But if you listen to yourself, you will learn. And that's the best tip I think anyone could ever give as far as interviewing or broadcasting goes. Yeah, I was reading this Rolling Stone interview with you from maybe March or something, and you were saying how grateful you were that the first three years of the show were total chaos. No one knew what they were doing. And you say, even in the interview, you guys didn't truly figure out how to make this show until year 12 or 13. I believe that. <laughs> yeah. right? It's not so, a joke. It's so encouraging. Yeah, it is. What do you think were the last bits? I think for me, what I realized over the course of the show is it's almost like golf in some ways. 
and I'm not a golfer, but I recognize the elements that with golf, when you're a novice and you play a round and you hit two good shots that round, you're like, oh, those two good shots I hit were great. You focus on those things. And then as you get better, you start to focus more on the things that you've done wrong. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's almost like a coping mechanism in some ways. And then as you get even better, consistency becomes what's most important and not the highlights. And that's what you value and that's what you admire in others is the consistency. Uh -huh. So at the beginning, we had no good shows, but we'd have one <laughs> show that I consider to be pretty good. And usually because one wildly funny yeah, thing yeah, happened. Yeah. And then we got to the point a few years later, like, okay, I feel like we're having two good shows a week. And then you want to just get to the point where your average number is an eight, you know? Yes, yeah. Instead of a 10 and a three, a 10 yeah. and a 3. Yeah, yeah. So that's the way I look at it. It's like, can you be consistently good? Because I did radio for a long time. What I noticed that the listeners appreciated more than anything, because I did sportscasts at 6 a.m., 6.30, 7, 7.30, 8 and 8.30, every morning on K-Rock Radio here in L.A. And what the listeners appreciated was not that I was funny once, that thing you said or whatever, it's like, that I was funny nine out of 10 mornings they heard me during their commute. That's what I think registers with people when they realize I've been listening to this person for three years and this person is good at this. Yeah. yeah, because I think any kind of performance whatsoever elicits some anxiety in the listener or the viewer. You're aware of the stakes somehow in the back of your mind. Like Especially if, you, see, if you like the person. Yes. But it's like you go see stand-up and there's four people. For me, the anxiety is almost too much. Same here. But then someone steps on stage, they exude just confidence, and you go, oh, I'm safe. And their pace is calm and whatever the whole thing is. It's almost like McDonald's. You know what you're going to get, and that's mm -hmm. why you keep going. And you go like, oh, this person never makes me feel very nervous that they're collapsing in front of me. I never thought of it that way, but it's all about how it makes you feel, I guess. And an open mic night, that Oof. sort of thing is an absolute nightmare for me <laughs> yeah. because you're rooting for each person and it doesn't go well for almost any of them. No. But then you go see Dave Chappelle or Bill Burr or a guy like Chris Stefano or whatever. And you're like, they're good at this. Have you watched this stand-up special that just came out? What Shane Gillis is? Yes. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it's great. Okay, I can't wait for you to watch it so we can talk oh, about it. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, saw yeah, Chris okay. and I watched it two nights ago. I've heard it's on a very high level. It's on a very high level, and it is the most dangerous set you can imagine really? someone yeah. doing in 2023. And just for that alone, it's like watching Nitro Circus. But of Circus. course, we're not promoting Netflix. No, no, no. no. You should definitely cut that. Well, I guess that's cable. You cut the cord. But definitely cancel your Netflix and every other thing. Download, cancel, you'll be fine. One of my points was like, I grew up in Detroit, a lot of UAW strikes. I've witnessed a ton of them. They still drove their Chevys to the plant to pick it. They yeah. didn't stop like driving their Chevy when it broke. They still took it to the dealer. Like, well, that's can't. a matter of transportation. <laughs> yeah, well, I got it. If I don't watch my entertainment, my one and a half hours without kids each night, I'll die. No, but the truth is if everyone stopped watching the streamers for a month, which is obviously never going to happen, but yeah. if that happened, immediately they would figure it out. I had this thought. This is crazy. I'm sure it's low percentage, but it did cross my mind just yesterday. I was driving around. I was like, humans just by nature, they fatigue of things. I think even like the polarization, I don't think there'll ever be a leader that unites us all. I just think slowly people have become fucking fatigued 
with the fighting left and right. Yes. That's like my only hope for it. It's just too exhausting. You get bored of it. All these movements we have, they have a beginning, they have an end. It's conceivable that we stop making all this entertainment. It's a long enough break for people to stop watching TV and they go like, Oh, fuck, we've been watching TV for eight years all day, every day. They might go outside and remember like, oh, it's really nice. Like, this is very precarious, I think. We've all watched more TV than any generation by a factor of five. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It used to be when you're a kid, TV was like, oh, you can't put your kids in front of the TV. You know, it's bad. Now it's like... TV is books. Is yes. life. And, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And YouTube is now the thing we don't want the kids watching and the video games. But yeah. I really do have that distinction. And I'll catch Delta watching YouTube. Like, you know, YouTube. I do too. Yeah. I mean, mostly because I'm afraid it's going to bring them down a rabbit hole. I don't yeah. like the pacing of uh -huh. the videos. I notice that when my kids watch YouTube, their behavior is yes. worse. Yeah. Yes. When's the last time you have your kids watch movies that you watch when you were a kid? Oh, the credits are insane. The opening credits yes. go on forever. Yes. And you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. <laughs> I know. Yes. Never mind them. They're gone. Even you know? classics like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. You're watching 17 minutes of uh, fucking titles. It was like they were trying to fill space. Yes. Yeah. They're trying to make the movie like We're not longer. making our two hour and 18 minute runtime. We got to add more people to the crew. Yeah. Give them each their own title card. It's so different. Started with cutting out the TV theme songs. And now it's like you see that little Pixar lamp. They drop you in the middle of the second act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the cuts are coming hot and fast. Well, we had someone on, he's big on TikTok, and he was talking about how quickly you have to get people's attention on that and how you do it. You like can have like a really close up of someone's face so that they will stop and watch. But that's how fast people want to get through. You have to have something major and quick. These TikTokers know too much about our brains. They do. Okay, I got some rapid fire questions for you. In the 5,388 interviews, and again, that's my own estimation. I think I've done well over 3,000 shows. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. I'm not surprised that the number's wrong. Nearly everything I read on the internet, <laughs> once the guest is here, is not true. Have you had the experience where it's like the person that's been booked, you're certain you dislike, and then they're on your show and you kind of fall in love with them? Or at least 180 on them? Or you understand them better for sure. I have had that. I've had that with comedians that I feel are hacky comedians. And then you sit down with them and you go, oh, this is a person who is a pro who knows how to make the audience laugh. And it might not be my particular taste, yeah. but I can't say this is not funny because yeah. yes. people are laughing and they were laughing at me earlier in the monologue. <laughs> I'm going to say these people are idiots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so first of all, I have that pretty often. There's like, guess I don't think I want. And thus far, 100% of the time, I end up loving them. Right, yeah. Like, you're talking to anyone long enough. I'm like, yeah, yeah, everyone's fucking doing the best I've also they had can. people who, especially like men, I didn't think much of them physically. And then you see them in person. It's like, oh my God, this is a handsome guy. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. All right, now I understand. Yeah, or how about Momoa <laughs> dancing in front of you? Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're like, <laughs> how can you not get sucked oh, up God. into that? Yeah. <laughs> we haven't had that much commotion on our show in many years than when he did that. It's cool when someone has that kind of power. It's yeah. good to just witness. Just that raw, <laughs> minimalistic magnetism. Yeah. 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 A lot of people Carnal. feel it. It's really interesting when you go, oh, I get it. You know who I got it from? Ooh. George Bush. Oh, oh, tell me. I never had much nice to say about George <laughs> Bush. Sure. 
But boy, is that a charismatic guy. Really? Yes. And you just go like, oh, now I understand this. Yeah. It's like, it's really remarkable. Well, you probably go like, he didn't fall into that. Yeah, because you go, it had the oh, his dad was president. Right. His name basically got him the gig. And then you go, Oh, no, it didn't. It's his But that's way. also weird because that didn't translate when he would do speeches and stuff. It didn't at all. And that's part of why I was surprised <laughs> yeah. by it. But you sit and have a chat with him and it is different. My story, and it's very unpopular to say anything positive about George Bush, but here I'm going to go as well. When Chris and I went to Africa and we stayed at this incredible hotel, Singita, George Bush had just been there within six months. And totally unsolicited mind you bill gates had been there a bunch of people have been to this place i've been there i've oh, you have molly there at singita yes which one in I south africa was, yeah in south africa we were at one in tanzania there's like three oh. of them on the grimetti reserve but yeah beautiful incredible hotel every single person that worked there over the course of the 10 days we were there just couldn't help but tell me how much they loved george bush he had been there he stayed up with all of them at the campfire every night oh, he was wow. friendly resoundingly loved and to me i go oh that says something i'm not gonna ignore that well he also did a lot for Africa. I mean, one of the good things that he did, and of course, did a lot of things that I don't agree with at all. You didn't want to go into Iraq again? <laughs> he, he did a lot to fight HIV in Africa, more than probably any single human being. Oh, well, of course, I say that like I know, but... <laughs> <laughs> any other human being. <laughs> I know what Bono said, and Bono said I'm that. I'm taking this from Bono. <laughs> so if you disagree, take oh it up with him. God. Have you ever pulled the plug in the middle of an interview? I've not pulled the plug. I once was interviewing Bruce Willis, who seemed very unhappy to be there. And I just said to him in the middle of the interview, something like, is everything okay? And he snapped right out of it and was great after that. These actors, you know, they get pulled in by their publicists. They don't necessarily want to do this. They probably know who the fuck I was. He's just like, oh, what am I doing here? I should be on Letterman right now, <laughs> you know? And it was interesting though, just being honest and bringing it up in the middle of the interview changed the tone yeah. of the interview significantly. And then afterwards, he was very friendly and we talked and I think we exchanged phone numbers. But wow, that's interesting. That was interesting, yeah. It's very weird. I had almost the identical experience with him. Really? Yeah. Working in Austin doing Idiocracy 19 years ago, he's there doing a movie, staying at the same hotel. I'm hanging out with an actor who's in the movie with him. We join him for, I don't know, tea in the lobby and he won't look at me. I can't get anything going with him. I'm trying to, of course, win him over. He's Bruce Willis. Right. And then he said something about somebody, like a famous person. It was pretty disparaging. And I looked at him when he finished and I go, you know, in the future, you might want to ask if anyone at the table is best friends with that person. And he had this little mini panic look on his face. And he goes, I had no idea. And I go, it's okay. I don't know that person at all. <laughs> and then he started laughing in a way that was so wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, some people just want a minute of honesty. I guess when you're a person like Bruce Willis, everybody approaches him in a similar way. Like, I have to be quiet and listen to everything he says, and he probably gets tired of it. Well, just yeah. bore. Yes, yeah, so there's no jousting, really. Yeah, who wants that? No, you want to mix it up a little bit. You must experience no, that. I don't think so. There's a big difference between being a movie star, especially a movie star on the level of Bruce Willis, and being a talk show host that everybody feels like they know. Yeah, you know? but I think you're wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I think you're wrong. I don't know about that. I guess I'd be the last person to know the answer to that question. <laughs> I think it's yeah. best about that you And you're don't. very humble. Well, I think it's best you don't recognize what it is. But I think you underestimate the elegance associated with late night. 
I mean, just think how you thought of Johnny Carson. Are you trying to tell me Bruce Willis somehow has more status than Johnny Carson? No, but I would say, and I'm not just being humble, that you can't compare me to Johnny Carson and to David Letterman. These people have just a tremendous amount of mystique and their popularity and their viewership and what they pioneered, what they did are things we're just repeating. You've just walked me perfectly into a trap I've set for you. Oh, okay, go ahead. My assumption was yes, when we think of David Letterman. I mean, he's not even Your human. interview with him was maybe the best interview I've ever heard with him. I told you, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking cried so when I read nice. that response. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to hit a home run, that's the game seven. <laughs> Might have been the best moment of my life. After getting my the kids, text after my kids. is the best moment, not the interview. <laughs> yes, getting truly, the text truly from getting you. the validation. I was very confused after the interview. We both know that Dave can't hear it. I'm sure you've had the opportunity to tell him. Yes. I mean, the man literally changed your direction of your life. Yes. You're a kid watching it obsessively and drawing pictures of him in school. Your life was singularly focused at becoming him. Not becoming him, but just wanting to absorb every <laughs> bit yeah. of Idolizing. Uh, yeah. And just bask in the rays yeah. of his genius. That's how I feel with your enemy. Yeah, but there's a sexual you, component there, well, isn't there? Well, sure, yeah, but is yeah. that, yeah, of yeah. course. You'd hook up with Letterman if he yeah, was a I mean, dying wish. He wanted to. <laughs> <a> dying wish. <laughs> <laughs> when I see people try to tell Dave how important he is to them, I can also see that he can't internalize that. And maybe no human can. And my hunch is, and I regret not asking him this, is, I bet he doesn't think he ever became Carson. I think he's been very clear about that. But I disagree. Nothing against Johnny Carson. He's great. But David Letterman was playing a different sport. That happened to be my favorite sport that yes. he was playing. So Dave, I think, built on what Johnny was doing and put a pin in a lot of what Johnny was doing in a way that I think changed American humor more than any comedian of my lifetime. I say it's in concert with Bill Murray. Dave's approach was adopted by all of us. None of us can act like Bill Murray. I mean, Bill Murray is like <laughs> yeah. a, a genuinely a, you know. He's a, a only, living art installation. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's like, a Picasso human. I mean, like if you decided like, I'm going to be more like Bill Murray, you'd be in jail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you'd be arrested immediately. The only person I know who's like Bill Murray is my cousin, Sal. <laughs> oh, really? They have very similar inclinations wow. to do seemingly unanti-social <laughs> things. <laughs> in situations where you do do not expect them at all. Yeah. But Dave, I think, permeated the culture as far as what his humor was. And a lot of people just kind of adopted He's it. He's a paradigm. Yeah. I think the fact that they were the only ones on made a big difference. I never thought of hosting a late night talk show largely because there were no other late night talk shows. Right. And when there was someone who came after them, it was a humiliating defeat. And they had been getting groomed for probably eight years in the 1230 time slot. Well, no, I'm talking about guys like Chevy Chase. The only late night talk shows were on NBC. That was it. There were only two shows of note on. Occasionally you'd have Alan Thicke or Rick Dees or somebody try to make a run or Pat Sajak or whatever, but it never ended. Well, and until well. Letterman, there was only one 11.30 show, right? Letterman going to That's CBS right. there wasn't created even a, a second. Show. There was Tom Snyder, but it was a very different type of show. I used to watch it sometimes. I didn't know what I was watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very confusing, but I found his face mesmerizing. Oh, so he was, was great. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. like the mouth clacked in a very unique way. <laughs> He's like the kind of guy that can't be on television anymore. <laughs> right, of course. Even though he was fantastic. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like we don't have room for that man anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, Robbie, when did you start watching Kimmel? I started watching every night in high school. You were my letterman. Like oh. it shaped a lot of my comedy. I'm so and sorry you didn't have a better life, Rob. <laughs> no. See, you'll never saying. be able to take it, but it, it's real. No, when I talk to Rob about you, now look, I love you and we're best friends. I still hold Letterman in the same place you hold Letterman. Right. But we're contemporaries in age. So what is interesting and real and legitimate is like Rob's love for you is the same as ours for Dave. Rob, did you draw pictures of me in high school? He has no, a no. Show him the tattoo, Rob. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh. This whole back was your face. <laughs> when this show came together, Rosenbaum called me and told me Dax wants to do a show. He's going to have all these big guests signed. He's going to have Kristen and Kutcher and Kimmel. And that's why I wanted to do the show. Not because it was a KKK thing? Yeah. <laughs> well, he was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. But it was that you were going to be a guest. That's very kind. I appreciate that. I don't take it lightly. But you can't take it, right? It's not. This that is I what I want to explore. I can take that and I appreciate it and I validate it. If you're putting me in a situation where you're comparing me to David Letterman or Johnny Carson, I'm just going to reject it. <laughs> well, and I'm not rejecting it for the same reason Dave's rejecting the Johnny Carson comparison. I'm rejecting it because it's just invalid. Well, no, 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 hold on, hold on. Are different. I'm proposing something. This is what I'm yeah. proposing: is that it's just generational. It is. Okay. But it's not like, in this like case. The, like the, yeah. You feel very valid in the point you're making, right? I mean, yeah. you feel like you're on terra firma. But come on. I mean, no, but listen. I'm never giving in on this. I, <laughs> no, I get it. I think when you're in high school, that's when things mean the most to you. You are a dry sponge well, waiting you're trying to be to filled up, whether it's music or whatever it is. You're trying to define yourself. And you're looking around, and then if you see that someone you think has the same spirit as you, but you haven't figured out how to express it, it's just like a roadmap. It's so important. Yeah. For me, Dave represented a lot of things. He felt punk rock to me. He felt like an outcast, but was still handsome and people liked him. It felt like, oh yeah, I can be different yet be in the mainstream. There was something so encouraging about it. It was like he snuck in somehow. Yes, like he, there was he a big mix up. up. He looks like them, but he's really like us. That's right. He's a, a little alien or something. It's You're hard never to explain. Gonna, I think it's okay that you can't feel it. I actually think it's a testament to you being humble and kind, which you are, but this is very hard for a lot of people to believe, but a lot of younger generations, they don't know Letterman. No, I understand Monica, that. And they you know, know you. They watch the clips all the time. Everything you're thinking that Letterman did, and I remember too, and the pencils in the ceiling, and bringing people from the stable onto the show, and all these revolutionary things he did. The fucking Matt Damon videos, oh those hadn't been done. That's just as important and relevant to anyone well, that the Monica, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm fucking <laughs> Matt Damon became your, My theme song. your monster. <laughs> She committed her whole life to that. <laughs> Speaking of that moment, I know this is behind the curtain and you probably don't want to... Accept this. Well, no, he d doesn't want to say he was supporting his enemy. We talked about this on the show. I saw this in real life. I was at the air premiere. You were at the air premiere. You wingmanned me, which was so kind and lovely and nice. And I left and I was like, what did I just do? Because I was kind of looking at him and I was with my friend Molly and she was like you gotta go say something to him and I was like absolutely not I won't and then I was like oh my god Jimmy's here and I just ran straight over to you as if we were best friends which we aren't well but you yet, are yet yeah, now we are when Molly and I run off together maybe <laughs> yeah exactly there'll be a spot open but halfway through me talking to you and you were being so nice and kind I was like I'm so rude everyone here wants to talk to Jimmy and I just ran up as if 
I'm entitled to this conversation? Well, no, it's not rude because first of all, I got to talk to somebody. And secondly, <laughs> you were one of the few people I knew there. So you always like to grab on to somebody that you know. And then about halfway through the conversation, I went, Oh, right. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I just realized something. <laughs> something very important. And right. then Matt was in dead, like a roped off circle or whatever. And I was like, Matt! <laughs> Matt! <laughs> so I had to scream at him like 11 so times. Awful. And then he's like, what the what? And I was like, Matt. And then, of course, he recognized you he's and remembered you. So there you go. Sweet. But it was very nice of you. And you're extremely generous. And I wanted to say thank you for that. Well, my pleasure. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Intuit, the technology platform that builds your financial confidence. There's some things that school doesn't really teach you, like how to handle the financial world. I mean, look, I did 16 years of school and I didn't have a single class on accruing debt or a hole that that puts you yeah, on. Yeah, they don't a, teach you that. No effort made whatsoever. If you want more financial knowledge, now is a great time to learn with Intuit for Education program. It has free, easy-to-use resources like getting a car loan with Credit Karma simulations, understanding taxes with TurboTax lessons, and even learning to run a business with QuickBooks simulations. Check out Intuit's free resources today at Intuit.com education. Intuit, that's I-N-T-U-I-T dot education. We are supported by New Balance. Whether you're going for your first ever jog around the park, getting ready for a marathon, or even picking up the pace on the last stretch before you get home, if you run, you're a runner. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com running to learn more. We are supported by Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Mm. Ooh. Myrtle Beach, I have so much nostalgia. Me too. I did a spring break in Myrtle yes. Beach. Yes. Did you guys used to go there from Georgia? Yeah. It mm. was a very common beach destination. Ugh. Long sun-drenched days, live music every night, and 60 miles of uninterrupted coastline to enjoy. The beach truly is where your best self comes out. Combine that with the irresistible aroma of fresh seafood, southern classics, and local low country cuisine from over 2,000 restaurants, and you've got yourself the perfect vacation. You belong at the beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. That's visitmyrtlebeach.com. Do you know what I'm saying, though, that you want it for Dave, that you want Dave to be able to internalize it? Do you that, feel that same frustration I do? I want him to know he's a god. Yeah, <laughs> I do. But I think if you tell him enough times, it'll get <laughs> And I'm I feel like I've beaten him into submission. Well, that's what our job is here for you. It's an intervention, really. I really do. Like I feel like I finally beat him into submission where he goes, okay, this person is fragile. And <laughs> that's obviously, exactly what he would say. I mean a lot to him. Yeah. And it could get dangerous enough. if I don't take this And in. he's kind enough. He knows how devastating it would be. I mean, I went into that show the first time I did it. I went into that show so scared first of all because i wanted dave to think i was funny but also because that's how i judge celebrities by whether dave seemed to like them or not yes and i had this thought that if dave 
thinks I'm a dick, then I am a dick. Oh, it's God, over. Your whole you, identity. Yeah, you, you trust his judgment. <laughs> I was waiting to be branded. You oh, know? How about boy. that moment? Because I know you had it. When you know Dave so well and you see a certain look on his face mid-interview and you go, Oh my God, he likes me. Yeah. Did you have that oh, moment? Yeah. My soul left my body. They actually yesterday posted an old video on the Letterman YouTube channel. For me, that's where <laughs> I will disappear. <laughs> I think it was maybe my second or third appearance on the show. And, you know, I'm just a kid talking about my family. I come out, Dave had just been bitten on the face by a dog oh. during Stupid Petrix. <laughs> oh, he was bleeding. Oh, uh. boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> he continues with the show. Oh. And he really, like, didn't slow down for a second. <laughs> I come out, and this had just happened, and now he's got to host the rest of the show. And I came out, and I said, I'm going to tell you right now, I won't rest until that animal is destroyed. <laughs> destroyed. <laughs> Which is a weird way to start a segment. But <laughs> That's great. That. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we have to give Jimmy another thank you, because we just haven't seen you in so long. What? You had me on your show. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. That was fun. It's like when people went on Letterman, and it was a huge, it's no, a life-changing. No, it's nothing like that. It <laughs> is like that. You must hear Monica, it. Monica, on my show, your feet touch the ground when you sat in the right? chair on this show. They sure don't. Yeah. <laughs> but you were so nice. You're just the best. Well, it was fun really? having you on. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I've ever brought this up, but I was so excited when I was reading about you today. The notion that you were at ASU, I guess, in what year, like 89? I was there from 86 through 89. Bingo. So you must have eaten at Flaky Jake's across the street. Of course, yeah. Boy, I haven't heard those oh, words in a long comes time. Up. Jimmy, is there Greasy ever- Tony's, oh. Flaky Jake's, <laughs> the Chuck Box. These are my spots. Harry Mary's. <laughs> Flaky Jake's, what a spot, huh? Yeah, how do you know Flaky Jake's? So I had a stepdad. One of my stepdads was an engineer at General Motors, and in the wintertime, they would go to the GM Proving Grounds in Mesa. And so he'd be there for like the whole winter. My mom would be with his kids at home and all of us, but we would go. <laughs> go out there for a week or two every year and all we cared about was we want to go to flaky jakes every single day that we're there because i had never seen a condiment bar like that yeah that was before fuddruckers yeah i think it was our early fuddruckers i think yeah. fuddruckers ripped off flaky jakes i think so it may even be the same company because they were so similar <laughs> also good names too yeah fuddruckers but fuddruckers stood the test of time and flaky jakes is no more should we try to find <laughs> out if that brand exists in a bankruptcy court somewhere? It'd be somewhere? fun, yeah. Flaky yeah. Jake's. It's a great nickname for one of our friends, too. We got to figure out which Jake to well, uh, tap or yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> He'll have to get rid of some of his other great nicknames. But <laughs> if he ever ran against Trump, he'd be called Flaky Jake. Yeah, oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that brings me to another question. Because you must think about this. Would you interview Trump on the show? Now, yes, I would. I've thought about it a lot. I bet. I just have so many things I'd like to say to him and ask him. I want to interview him too, and I think people would be really mad if I did, but I want to well, hear what you think you could get. But you said you didn't want him to be interviewed anymore. You didn't want people to like I don't get want that CNN to me. be showing a bunch of stuff of him and get him elected again. Yeah. But then why do we get to do it? I don't know. I have a problem with the just not talking I as agree. a solution. And I also think that tradition is important. And I think when somebody is a Political real candidate. possibility that they're yes. going to be the president of the United States, that they get interviewed, you know, whether yeah. it be CNN or whatever. I mean, for the same reason, I think Fox News if they were a real news organization, would be devoting more time to the other side. But 
I just feel like the only way to communicate is to communicate, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Doesn't mean I would be nice to him. I certainly wouldn't. And we wouldn't joke around like we did before we knew what was to come. But in your mind, when you think of that interview, what is it you think that you could accomplish? Because I have a whole fantasy about... I think maybe the first thing I'd start with was one of the things you talked about was bringing in only the best people. Let's go through a list of all the best people you brought in who now say you are a criminal and are unfit to be president. We do a speed round. I'll go through the names. I'll start with Bill Barr. You're a former attorney general. Now let's go to Mike Pence. Just go through. Because to me, that alone is a disqualifier. If you had a boss who hired 30 people at a Flaky Jake's uh-huh. and then Be- fired them all or they quit and they all were, in his opinion, crazy. Okay, then what kind of a decision maker are you? He doesn't yeah. seem to have any relationships that have lasted more than six or seven years. It's crazy. My arrogant fantasy. So yeah. yours is going to be a blast session. Yeah, it's going to be combative. I would love to see that i would too it'd be very entertaining i hope it happens i have a more of an arrogant lofty thought which is i don't think i want to spend any time debating him about anything i don't want him in the defensive or in that attack mode that he's so great at being a bully i need to answer the question is he in on the joke or not on which joke the one he's playing on a country just the whole thing like (laughs) is he there's so many moments where i was like is he in on it does he just know that his fuel is angering the left and does he mean any of it Trying to figure out what he means and what he doesn't is a great curiosity of mine. I think he's like a gorilla pushing buttons. And sometimes he learns that if he pushes a certain button, he gets a reaction that he likes, and he goes right back to that button. I agree, but how much of his opinions do you think are sincere opinions? Are you even none curious about that? None of them. <laughs> I You've already none. decided. I don't know. I think that he's a spinner. That's his mindset, is to spin. He would do it well before he's present. Like, his hotel is the most popular hotel in the world. His yeah, this, yeah, his exactly. water is the purest Stakes. drinking water. Imagine, meanwhile, they're just putting a sticker with his name on it. Oh. Some it's whatever Rite Aid water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think he means anything that he says. I think everything is spin. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I have some delusional fantasy I could somehow or at least attempt to meet the real person. That probably would never happen, but that is why I would want to do it. Is I wonder if I can have a single real moment with this I think the real dude. person would be very disappointing. I think you just meet a horny, lonely, egomaniac who was not treated very well by his parents. Well, interestingly enough, we just had this great guest, Gabor Mate. He's like an addiction specialist. specialist. and a physician. He's much older, and he's written a couple beautiful books. And he has a chapter in his new book, Paralleling Trump and Hillary. He's like, a lot of people would say those two people are the opposite, but if you look really closely, both had the exact same home circumstances where vulnerability was not an option. You had to hide any fear, hide any pain, all these great examples. And he said, the result of which is you have Hillary that's so afraid to be vulnerable that she has pneumonia, can't tell anyone, and collapses, almost dies from this inability to be vulnerable. And When you position it that way, it's kind of a compelling observation. It's hard to say, though, because we really don't know what Trump's... we love Hillary, and we don't like Trump. That's why it's hard. Yeah, but one of them seems to be trying to improve the world, and the other one tries to improve his standing in the world. And he doesn't even care about the people who've been most loyal to him. He has no concern for any of those people. So I'm of that same opinion as you are, but I also can recognize and believe they're sincere in that the other side thinks the same thing about Hillary, right? Well, the other side 
thinks Hillary Clinton is sucking the blood of babies. Adrenochrome. In a pizza parlor <laughs> in Washington, D.C., which them is do, like, yeah. if you wrote it in a book, you'd go, well, this is ridiculous. And it seems to be their go-to now if they can't figure out something to pin on somebody like pedophile. Always. Oh, my God. Do you know what I just learned? You maybe already know this. Whatever this movie was that just came out that's got the Christian right. It's a child trafficking story. Yeah, I saw a preview for it. Caviezel's in it. Just for starters, Caviezel was a guest speaker at a QAnon rally. Like, that's the lead of it. It's produced by a guy, and it's led to all this mobilization about cracking down on child trafficking. The producer of the film was arrested. No. Yep. Well, of course, child he's going to say the government is out to alleged. get him. I got to add the word alleged. But I'm like, yes, of wow, course. How is that? Not, I've not heard that. Some asshole made what they call the Epstein flight list. And they put on a bunch of names, including mine and Stephen Colbert's and like oh, you guys. Yeah. Somebody just wrote a thing. And now all these fucking imbeciles and maniacs think I was on Epstein's oh Island. Oh, my God. Rape Island. <laughs> How was it? Yeah, what was it like? How were the amenities? Well, I mean, it's a beautiful. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say anything bad about oh. the property. You know, I'm actually even oh. fearful to joke about it I because know. they're so crazy Rabid. and threatening. I don't think I was even famous. Right. I didn't know anything about Jeffrey Epstein until he was in the news. Right. I mean, it's bananas. Also, people didn't know. You could have been on his plane. I wasn't. Let's you, be no, no. very clear you that Jimmy Kimmel weren't. was not but on the plane. But I think Bill Gates was on his plane before. Right. I'm sure but that had to a me, like I've hung out. Someone was just sentenced yesterday who I've hung out with. I don't know what everyone's right. up you to. You really don't know people. No. Yeah. Half the time you don't know the people you're married to. Well, what I will say is that regardless of what some asshole, and I'd love to know where it came from. Like, who was the person that said, oh, I have an idea. I'll put a bunch of people who Trump right. doesn't like. And by the way, Trump's dancing with Literally, Epstein. I know. There are pictures yeah. of them hanging out. <laughs> the video yeah. of them grooving with yes. playmates. <laughs> and yet somehow I get put on this list and all these dangerous <laughs> nut jobs react to it. It's frightening. Yeah. Okay, last thing, Yacht Rock. Yeah. So you made me a beautiful playlist. I did. Oh. It's such a good playlist. You've pulled in some things that don't have necessarily the DNA of it, but it does. I don't think of that as a Yacht Rock mix. That's my Dax mix is what it's called. Okay, right. Yacht Rock is a very limited genre. Sadly, yes. Too limited. They put weird songs like Key Largo by Bertie Higgins in there. It's like, eh, this doesn't, it's gotta be a little jazzy. Well, and they'll also put gotta in be a little embarrassing. 80s TV's theme songs. That is not Yacht Rock, except for maybe the greatest American hero theme. That's a very good one, yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess MASH isn't in there, but that's a nice song. And yeah. so is Taxi. That, Taxi's oh, great. Yeah, beautiful. It, those are instrumentals. That's, who's the Taxi theme song? The Taxi theme song? I did know this. Enough. Me too. Robbie. Rob can look it up. Bob James. I didn't know that. Angela yeah. or Angela. Wait, Angela? Bob James or Angela. Either Angela, Angela or- by Bob James. Oh, oh, that's the name of the okay. song. I was just mulling over. Do you have a theory on why we like that music so much? Because I have one. I won't bore you with me making one up, but uh, okay. let me hear yours. That music was put on when my mom or dad was in a good mood. Oh. My dad never yeah. flew off the handle in a drunken rage and then put Kenny Loggins on. <laughs> that would have been psychopathic. Right? It's like my mom was vacuuming with Fleetwood Mac, and then he was listening to Kenny Loggins in the afternoon with the first beers were starting. Yeah. It's just interwoven perfectly with when my parents were in a very happy mood. I think there's something to that, for yeah. sure, yeah. 
My parents only had like seven albums. And in a weird way, once I hit high school, I started to dictate what they listened to. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I love Michael McDonald. Yeah. You know, I love Al Jarreau and George Benson. And we love Al Jarreau. To me, that was the one where I was like, okay, we're in the same team. Yeah. Here. Like, a lot of people like McDonald's and Doobie Brothers, but if you're into Al Jarreau. Al Jarreau is the dividing line between me and my wife. She oh. is just like, what is this that you are listening to? I made Kristen go with me to Disney Music Hall to see Al Jarreau about 10 years ago. Have you ever seen him? Yes, live? I have. And I had him on the show too. Oh, yeah. you did? He was like a little Muppet. Like a little Kermit the Frog out there. He He's got so a little tiny. Joe Cocker going too, physically. <laughs> but then he starts scatting. It's, it's everything you want it to be. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, just because well, you brought up parents, I was thinking back to our last interview. You're close with your parents? I am, yes. My parents are great parents. My mother is a great mother. My father and I really didn't talk until I was 20-something, I think. But right. He was like very busy with way. work. But we're very close now, and he keeps me up dated with like 7,000 word texts about his knee, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, how's his knee? Pretty, his, pretty well, bad. You know what? That's too long a question. <laughs> <laughs> I would love for you to read that right now. You know what? <laughs> yeah, let's see Hold what on that a second, like. because I will also just show you the length. There's no shortage on detail. Mm. Okay, mm. so. He's like writing an instructional manual for something. No, you guys had a great time. Probably happy to be home with the kids. We had a great time with them. Next year, we would like to take them to SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> then hit Legoland on the way back. Billy reminded me we have to stay over since rides first day and big water park there second day. Smiley face. I heard you guys are going to San Jose Monday. So am I, helping Carson move in, his grandson, into apartment. Carson and Julian came last night from Arizona with the Acadia full of stuff. Mom and I loaded the Buick with Carson stuff from room and other things he can use for apartment we had in storage. They are driving today. This is my nephew and his girlfriend to San Luis Obispo and renting U-Haul and loading stuff from his rental house. I leave 6 a.m. tomorrow, meet them in San Luis Obispo and finish loading up if they haven't, then driving up to San Jose and start unload. We'll finish Tuesday a.m. and then I drive back home. Love dad. Oh, love dad. Took three sips of water and 16 steps to the bathroom. Oh my God. The make of every car. The I Buick. love that. And everything's like, it, that sounds like a letter from the 80s because he wants to go to SeaWorld, which yes. I don't think people went to anymore. Anymore. He's driving a Buick. I mean, if he stopped at Chuck E. Cheese, oh. that would be like the trifecta. Oh, dads. Gotta love dads. Oh. Give him my number. Oh. I think I would love to receive these. You would to a point. Yeah. yeah. It'd be funny for a while, and then I'd regret it. But then I'd come back. I wonder it. if I searched MRI how oh. many times my dad comes up. Let's have a look. Let's see. MRI. <laughs> I had hairline fracture of bone above right big toe right before friends family lodge trip got caught his own shot in it that helped pain that weekend but it did put a lot of pressure on it six days standing up fishing and banged it a few times in rough water went to ortho doctor today and fracture widened have mri tuesday and another shot before leaving wednesday for new york <laughs> like, how do i respond to this he needs to write a book he 
is the work ethic. Oh, <laughs> it takes God. a while to write a text that long. <laughs> that is really cute, yep. though. Uh, well, he's got the time. Well, the last thing I want to do is just thank you in person. I think I have in the past, but the fact that you and Kristen and Ashton did our show and launched this and really were such yeah. a huge part of making all this happen. Thanks for asking me back. I hope it's not another five years. No. I, I told yeah. Molly I was doing the show. She goes, you are? Like she was mad that she wasn't on the show. I well, go, by the way, I do, I do want to have her yeah, on Yeah, we should have Molly I was like, on. yeah, I am. And she goes, but he already had you on. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, if she's a fan That's of the show, fair. she knows we've had Sedaris like five times. That's fair. She's owed a spot on that couch and she will get one. Well, Molly, this might be the only episode she skips, but if she's listening, <laughs> I love you. I'll meet you at 2 a.m. behind where you put the trash cans. wearing uh, gloves, <laughs> socks, and underwear. <laughs> I'll be ready for anyone who comes at us, maybe, oh. as long as it's before I fall asleep. That was fun. Congratulations on the show. It's excellent, and I'm glad you guys started doing it. It's hard to do a podcast. I didn't realize how much stuff goes into it until we decided to do this limited run. I've said this to you in the past. Afterwards, I'm like, that sounds so silly coming from me. Like he would want a podcast. But the fact that you did radio for so long, it's so fun, isn't it? Just the microphone and the headphones. Don't you miss it? You know, I obsess and I just don't have enough hours in the day to think about both shows you yeah know, it's yeah, just too much but it's easy when you have four guys that are funny i was thinking of it way more when you were saying you were going to retire right because yeah. then i was like well that's the perfect amount of work you could go and do it twice a week yeah you kind of defeats did radio the purpose forever. of retiring i have but- a lot of respect for it and i would not do it if I didn't feel I had an idea that was different because I don't think I could do this better than you do it. You do such a great job. I go, okay, well, that's covered. But if I thought of some angle, something different that suited me, I would consider it. And then this happened and it seemed like the perfect deal. I guess though, you've gotten to live out your Letterman fantasy to yeah. some degree for sure. Now I should live out my Dax fantasy? No, your <laughs> Howard fantasy, which oh. I know you were already on radio. So it's well, like my you didn't Howard do that, but- fantasy is rooted in reality. And I know that Howard, when he's working, he is just obsessed with it. And that's just how I am. You don't think you could do it casually? Yeah. Everything you watch on TV, you're making notes. I can see you having a stable of people that you're fucking with and instigating you know, endless drama, which is the thing that I like most about the show. I think I've show. learned not to make any long-term decisions anymore take a day by day. in the meantime this one's fun to do i got a few friends who have some very funny podcasts yours yeah, and smart the smartless guys i feel like i get enough okay well everyone should listen to strike force five it's for a great cause you're helping keep the people that work on all these shows you love from having to move out of their houses or yeah. beg for food yeah, so nice. it's a very cool endeavor matt and ben this was one of the most transparent attempts to get on the show mm-hmm. yet mm-hmm. Matt, From matt and ben Ben <laughs> tried to. They tried. They wanted to pay our staff. <laughs> and it actually got kind of like aggressive. They weren't taking no for an answer. Have you not allowed that to happen? For them, no, I did not allow it to happen. You didn't allow it to Wait, happen. Wait, really? I felt it was my responsibility, not theirs. On that topic, last thing, sorry, it yeah. just crossed my mind. How much would it kill you for me to pay for dinner if we were out one day? <laughs> It wouldn't bother me because I know you have money. But one of my terrible nightmares is somebody sitting at a dinner. Like I have a friend who's a math teacher who's sitting there going, oh shit, am I going to have to pay for this? Because I've been that guy. Yeah, you were going to go on vacation, but instead you fucking picked up this dinner. Yeah, It changes your life. Yeah. My fucking mom, she was visiting last week and she's like, 
I want to take everyone to Houston's. And I'm like, yeah, well, let's go to Houston's. And we get there. And then I like slide the credit card. And she's like, did you pay? I'm like, <laughs> yes, I paid. Sometimes it's you insane. just have to let people do it, though. I know, I'm I on that it. side, too. Yeah. You don't want to emasculate like your father I, or something. I'm okay with letting people do it if they're insistent. But I don't want anyone to think when I make them go to a restaurant and I sit there and order the whole <laughs> left side of the menu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That they're yeah. going to get stuck with the chip. I want to try this Wagyu. Bring the platter. I think <laughs> a couple bites. Can we have the steak as an appetizer? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it gets complicated, though, because you also don't want them to have an expectation. Or maybe you do. Maybe you don't care. If somebody really wants to pay, they can easily figure it out by hitting the guy the, On the, way, the yeah. week before. If they're going out with you, it needs to be the week before, That's I think. True. That's true. <laughs> That's the most generous person I know. All right, Jimmy, I adore you. I love you. Thanks for love coming. You too. And Thank I'm going to be on me. your show as soon as you're back. They just asked me and I said, absolutely. Good. Hopefully we're coming back. Yeah, yeah. We will. And, Fingers and I'll crossed. be there. This is all over soon. Yeah. yeah. All right. Be well. See you soon. Thanks. Stay tuned for the fact check so you can hear all the facts that were wrong. How did you do? I did good. You did? Yeah. You didn't drink yesterday? No. Nope. Good job. Thanks. Good job, not that you shouldn't drink. You had the goal of not drinking, and you achieved it, so that's the good job. I did have that goal. Yeah. And I did. It did it good. lessen it you, the enjoyment of your night? It was hard at first. When other people were pouring glasses of wine? I, I don't even know if it was because of that. I wanted it while I was cooking. Mm -hmm. That was hard. Yeah, it's just the environment. Uh-huh. Like the, a girl's social. night environment, social. We always do that. We always drink wine. It's always yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was fine. I heard it was very fun. And I heard the meal was delicious through the grapevine. I was happy with it. It was a salmon. Uh-huh. How's the place smell? I think I think fine. The test will be when I go in today. I'm going to go smell it. Yeah, I'm gonna go give see. it a whirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to see what's happening there. Um, And I'm going to I'm gonna check every corner, too. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, not fish, but there is something over here. That's what's going to be. Gonna... Nope, we have something. Mm. No, it's not fish. Oh, oh, okay. It's um. Did you drop a caramel here? <laughs> a caramel. I, I'd love that. I'd love to know all the nooks it, and crannies, the hidden sniffs. Yeah, and then I made a cucumber salad. How was that? Cucumber smash salad. Great. Mm. These are both Allison Romans. Did you get cucumbers from our garden? Because we have far too many cucumbers. I did not, but that would have been smart. We're drowning in, in cucumbers. Yeah, you have a good garden going right now. I almost said swimming in cucumbers, but truly we're we're drowning in them. Oh, it's, no. We're not swimming. They have the upper hand, the cukes. Well, maybe you could make the salad and use some up. Okay. They're very good. And I also made some potatoes. It was yummy. It was fine. Yeah, I like girls' nights. Tell me about girl summer. Girl summer. What um, is girl? No, girl dinner. Oh, girl dinner. Yeah. We do a whole thing on Synced about girl dinner. Oh, you do? Mm -hmm. Just give me the reader's digest of what it is. There's a couple terms I've heard recently, and that's one of them. Yeah. I think it started on TikTok. They show an egg in, and then like some pieces of bell pepper and it's just like a weird mix of food that they're calling girl dinner okay. which is like when girls just like kind of grab things out of the fridge and just stand and eat their dinner okay that could also be called stoner dinner maybe true although i think this would be more it's not like chips okay 
It's, <laughs> it's not macaroni and cheese and no, a hot I mean, dog. And it a- could be. It could be like a small bite of mac and cheese, like the leftover off somebody's plate. Mm. Um, and I also, I poked holes in this because I didn't understand. I was like, girls don't eat as much. I guess it's more girls just want to have fun scraps well they do want to have fun. yeah, yeah. But they kind of eat scraps or if they don't have <laughs> anyone to make anything for i think that was a piece that was a piece i i pushed back pretty hard on as uh, you can imagine sure because you're making yourself like michelin star dinners every night yeah not every night but enough mm-hmm. nights and then i said you do that and you do it for yourself and then you will throw stuff away yeah. and just that's okay that's what happens that's what happens but it's the cost benefit of you feeling like you deserve a full meal versus yes. like a half of an egg and a, and then a quarter of an avocado. No, we're better than that. This is a duck duck goose. Okay. Because I took the girls to their first baseball game a couple nights ago since we last spoke. Right. Dodgers. And my sales pitch, because they've never been to a baseball game and we've never watched one on television. So the notion of like, hey, let's put some effort into this thing. Yeah. Also, I think it was like parent night at school, which I didn't even find out till after I got the tickets. So Delta was kind of like, she wanted to go to that. And so there's no real appeal about the game. Now, my agency has the best seats at the baseball stadium they have tickets in the dugout club holy smokes is this the greatest place on earth it reminds me so much of going to duff's with my papa bob you walk down these stairs and there are multiple buffet bars yeah i feel like did you go with someone recently i feel like we talked about it okay nate okay (laughs) nate and i went okay so I was telling the girls like, A, you're going to love baseball, but you don't know you're going to love it yet. But the food is going to knock your socks mm. off. We're getting very little traction with the food because they're like, is there macaroni and cheese and pizza? I'm like, I don't know that there'll be that. I'm like, but there is a soft serve ice cream machine in there. Okay. And they were like, okay. that Big got them, Yes, that got them interested enough. We got there. Immediately they like it, right? Going to Dodger Stadium, it's an institution. It's timeless. You walk in, everyone's happy. It's There's lights everywhere. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Get downstairs, they took a look at those bars. They were so excited and they made their plates and they chowed down and then they made multiple desserts. Mm. Then we go out and sit and watch baseball and there's multiple home runs. There's incredible double plays where they're like, whoa! Because when someone, I don't want, I'm not crazy into baseball. Right. Yeah. I mean, but I look on your face. I don't. It doesn't seem like you are either. I love baseball games, but yes, agreed. I don't follow it. Right. You'd think of conventionally the home run being the exciting thing. I would argue the double play. Okay. When someone, the shortstop dove, no way he's going to get this. He's sliding. Boom. He catches it from his side. He turns, nails yeah, second. Cool. And then that guy nails first. The girls, we were all going bananas. And then also when there's home runs, they're doing light show. Oh. Lincoln was screaming, clapping. It was so fun. That's awesome. What else did I want to tell you? Oh. Neil came up. My brother? Of course. Neil Padman. Why? Because of Mookie Beats, your brother's code name, which is based on Mookie Betts, who now plays for the Dodgers. His is Jukey. Betts? Isn't it a nod, though? It it is, I think, which I found out much later via another friend of mine. I never knew. But I think it has to be connected to Mookie Mookie Betts. Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. So, and he's Juki Beats. I think. Fuck. I hope there's a connection because I made a big meal out of it. I, I, and if I'm wrong, is. okay. There is, but yeah. Well, he's on our team now, and he's oh. sensational. Yeah. 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 Well, that's exciting. What I also love about these baseball games is they have the nicest asses and legs in those baseball pants. Not everyone. But some of the guys that step up to that plate, they are filling them out. They're like taut. They do have good butts. Even there's a few white guys with really nice haunches. Okay, great. We just don't see that very often. Well. Well, You know, it's not one of our selling points for the most part. Depends, depends. There are some exceptions. Weekly has tons of ass. Mm -hmm. And... Knows how to use it as well. Well, it poops a lot. <laughs> well, that we that. know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fun. I love a baseball game. It was a kind of a big treat because it was a school night. And the game doesn't start till 7. Oh. We go up to bed at 7.30. Right. Clearly, we're not going to make that. So fun. Did you stay for the whole game? No. Mm. Can't do that. Can't. <laughs> they would have gone to bed at 11 o'clock. We want to be honest. I'm too frugal in that I probably... If, I, if my agency didn't have these, WME didn't have these tickets. I've been there for 21 years. I had a break where I was at CAA for seven years and then came back. They've always had those seats and I got invited one time by an agent. And I would have never gone and just bought tickets in the dugout club on my own because I don't know how fun it is and I wouldn't spend the money. So the fact that I've gotten to do it so many, I'm just so but grateful for. But now would you spend the money? Because now you know it's fun. I would now. Now yeah. I would. Yes, absolutely. It's one of the only venues here that um, is close to us. We live close by. Yes. Which is nice. Yes. Most of the things we have to go downtown or have to go to Santa Monica Ugh. or Inglewood. Is that where SoFi is? Yeah. Yeah. I like to go to Inglewood, though. It's so annoying. at, con- at the, I mean, like getting in and out of that it's not ideal. is awful. I'm wondering if you took one of the lines there, the Metro lines, if it would be easy, because yeah, it's not, it's not very easy to get there, but I do wonder if you took the lines, I think go directly there. I don't know. We can take it to the Chargers Bears game. Yeah. Wobby and Wob and I, we're going to go if they can get us tickets. Um, okay. So this is for Kimmel. Jim's Kimmel's. And he talked to us for a second about the JFK conspiracy. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Which we've done a whole episode on, on Armchair and Dangerous. We did, but he he knew some stuff that we couldn't say what he knew or what yeah. he had heard. But then since we recorded that episode, something came out of the New York Times. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but Paul Landis, one of the Secret Service agents, he was only a few feet away from Kennedy when he was shot. He's telling a story in full for the first time. And it says his account differs from the official version. But if he was right next to Kennedy and all of it's filmed, what could he know that we don't know? We were seeing the same thing he well, we saw. We have to read the thing. Oh, are you going to read it? <laughs> yeah, like I, can, Taylor's? I can read it. Telling a story in full for the first time. In at least one key respect, his account differs from the official version in a way that may change the understanding of what happened in Dealey Plaza. All these words are just popping into my head right now, like book exchange, grassy knoll, all these like little words that are cemented into that event. Oh, right. You know? Yeah. Um, He says he has never subscribed to the conspiracy theories and stresses that he is not promoting one now. He's 88. He said, 
All he wants is to tell what he saw and what he did. He'll leave it to everyone else to draw conclusions. When it comes down to its copper-jacketed 6.5-millimeter projectile, the Warren Commission decided that one of the bullets fired that day struck the president from behind, exited from the front of his throat, and continued on to hit Mr. Conley, somehow managing to injure his back, chest, wrist, and thigh. It seemed incredible that one single bullet could do all that, so skeptics called it the magic bullet theory. Investigators came to that conclusion partly because the bullet was found on the stretcher, believed to have held Mr. Connolly at Parkland Memorial Hospital, so they assumed it had exited his body during efforts to save his life. But Mr. Landis, who was never interviewed by the Warren Commission, said that is not what happened. In fact, he said he was the one who found the bullet, and he found it not in the hospital near Mr. Connolly, but in the presidential limousine lodged in the back of the seat where Kennedy was sitting. Oh, wow. When he spotted the bullet after the motor Kate arrived at the hospital, he said. He grabbed it to thwart souvenir hunters. Then, for reasons that still seem fuzzy even to him, he said he entered the hospital and placed it next to Kennedy on the president's stretcher, assuming it could somehow help doctors figure out what happened. That makes sense. Also, you imagine all the remains of him and the clothing, all that's going to be cataloged. and Yeah. Yeah, that's where I would put it. I might even put it in the dead president's hand. Cozy? <laughs> At some point, he now guesses the stretchers must have been pushed together and the bullet was shaken from one to another. There was nobody there to secure the scene, and that was a big, big bother to me, Mr. Landis said. All the agents that were there were focused on the president. A crowd was gathering. This was all going on so quickly, and I was just afraid that it was a piece of evidence that I realized right away very important, and I didn't want it to disappear or get lost. So it was, Paul, you've got a decision, and I grabbed it. Mr. Landis theorizes that the bullet struck Kennedy in the back, but for some reason was undercharged and did not penetrate deeply, therefore popping back out before the president's body was removed from the limousine. That <laughs> that last part sounds very hard to imagine. That it would come with back my, out. My, with my understanding of physics. Yeah, that oh. it basically bounced off of his back and then embedded itself in the seat. And then also Landis having a theory on it as Oh, yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a doctor or He's not like a projectile. A, yeah. uh, Mr. Landis has been reluctant to speculate on the larger implications. He always believed that Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone gunman. But now, at this point, I'm beginning to doubt myself, he said. Now I begin to wonder that is as far as he's willing to go. Interesting. Yeah. I think what's, well, I'm going to flush this out before I propose it. We'll just write it right from the gut. It just always reminds me of our kind of, asymmetric retelling no um like he died right what a tragedy what a fucking tragedy seems like it was lee harvey oswald if it wasn't him what what does that do to the situation that's really heartbreaking i mean i know people will go like well you got to find out if it's a foreign entity and blah 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 and yeah. you got to really know who it was so you can hold them accountable but I just think it's so unacceptable that a president we all loved, or I wasn't alive, but people loved, could be taken out. It's so scary. It makes us think that, well, and that's the the premise of uh, Dan Carlin's whole thing about conspiracy theories. It scares us too much that one lone wolf can change history. Yeah. So what's more comforting is that there's a syndicate and a bunch of smart people and a big complex thing, and it takes that to fuck up history. But really... Some dipshit can fuck up history. Yeah, for sure. Two dipshits fucked up the last hundred years of history by killing Archduke Ferdinand. Mm -hmm. Changed the whole world. Gave rise to, rise to Hitler. Yeah. And that's very unsettling. Yeah. You could go rogue and ripple. I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs>
If someone said one of your friends went rogue, you'd be on my list. Really? Sure. You're powerful. You're intelligent. You're capable. You think I'd go rogue? I don't think you'd go rogue. But if <laughs> one of my friends went rogue. What does it mean to go rogue? We have to define it. Like went on a killing spree? Well, just decided I, I fundamentally disagree with this to a level that I'm willing to give my life for it. Oh, my God. Conviction. Caring deeply about something. Sure. Could definitely be me. I have to imagine I'd be high on your list. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. That feels more noble. For me, the idea of going rogue is like going crazy a little bit or. I mean rogue in the sense that there is a system in place to challenge the power. And if you had determined that system was never going to challenge the power that was ultimately going to destroy X amount of people. Yeah. If you decided to work outside of that established system, that'd be going rogue. Right. That's true. That is true. Yeah. That's kind of the definition, I think, of going rogue. I could see that about me, but I have a weird duality that I'm also like, I'm pretty compliant with authority and I yeah. don't really have issues when people tell me to do something. I just kind of do it. Yeah. Well, if you went rogue, it'd probably be on some really sturdy foundation. Now I could go rogue over something that would just triggered me probably, you know. Right. Or I could go rogue over- um, The rogue. The rogue. The rogue. The, <laughs> the rogue. That should be your label. The, the rogue. rogue. The yeah, the rogue. that'd be cool. Let's spell it R O W. Yeah, and then G -E. however you the go. Yeah. <laughs> Dash G -E. The rogue. Keep Ooh. it in my back pocket. Great song. Recommend it to everyone. Michigan band Wolfpack. Oh. Put it in my pocket, in my pocket, in my back pocket. Put it in my oh, pocket, in my yeah, pocket, in my back pocket. I feel like you sing pocket. that sometimes. You love oh, it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's nice. Okay. He talked about that. There's a fish when he goes fishing that some some people are encouraged to to kill to kill yeah and that is the rainbow trout and it reminded me again new york times this is new york yes. times heavy just the, two days ago there was a the thing bug. about the dwind oh i saw one about the dwindling brown trout oh in the only time since we talked to james oh my god yeah no there's a bug in new york oh. that they are telling everyone to kill if they see it Oh, which is so weird to see it in the New York Times. It's called the spotted lantern fly. Oh, flies are hard to kill. Yeah, apparently it's really invasive. My second stepdad taught me how to kill a fly. Okay, teach us. And it works, but it's still hard. What is it? Like you'll never swat with your hand at a fly and get it. Right. What you have to do is cup your hands, spread them apart, cup them, Okay. and then get down where the flies on a surface and then slowly move at it with both hands because it has see. well no because it has eyes on all around its head oh. and since the threat's coming in all direction they don't know which way to fly and they get kind of paralyzed and then you can go bam at the last oh minute oh my god yeah my second step that was really really smart right yeah but also among other things yeah yeah <laughs> Ooh, that's weird it sounds Psychopathic. Yeah. Uh -huh. Even though, I mean, it's. If, you're, I'm if sure you aim to kill, accurate. you got to know how to do it. Wow. Either don't be in the killing business or know how to do it. I'm not really in the killing business with flies, but not because I am against killing them. Right. I just don't really know how. And This isn't, I'm not doing this to be patronizing. I'm sincerely. Do you think people in PETA don't want you to kill flies? Probably. Probably. Yeah, I, I do. Not Mosquitoes? Only do they draw the line at anything? I don't think so, because in- What about like invasive species that kill other species? Well, what about this in the New York Times saying the lanternfly? Are they yeah. going to say that's bad? What well, if they protest? 
They might. They might. They invaded Pennsylvania first, and now they're taking up residency in New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. Remember we were supposed to have um, killer bees? Yeah. That kind of never really. <laughs> no, it didn't. I was no. like, whatever happened to that? Yeah. Um, but it says this critter can be very devastating to our ecosystem and agriculture here in the U.S. There was a great, you know, it, I, I'm not going to try to say what it was, but it was a very This American Life or Radio Lab, one of these really well done audio shows uh-huh. that was talking about they have the technology with CRISPR to take mosquitoes, alter their DNA, and then send them back into the hive, and it'll basically make all of the mosquitoes neutered so they can never reproduce. And there's all these really big ethical debates, and there's a lot of environmentalists say that the, the mosquito doesn't really serve any purpose mm. in the food chain, that it, it, there wouldn't, it wouldn't cause any kind of collapse, and it causes so much destruction to other animals and humans, and blah, blah, blah. Right. And there was kind of a raging debate about whether ethically they could annihilate the mosquito if they had the technology which it seems they do wow so they they don't provide anything in the food chain that's look they probably made a point and a counterpoint the point i of course clung to was that they serve no poor i look i grew up in michigan fucking swarmed by mosquitoes they ruin your summer you got dots all over your body okay i'm gonna read this This is from the smithsonian Oh, by the way, and I, this is obviously ding, ding, ding. I have again, my body's covered in mosquito bites. Oh, I have so many wow. right now, so many. You've been and in the I, woods a lot? No, they're they, <laughs> I know are, they are. They're out. in my yard. I hate it. Yeah, I bought some zappers. Are, do uh, they, they work? I don't know. Ugh. I don't know. I haven't plugged most of them in, so okay, that's well, hard to know. I don't work. <laughs> And I'm really bad at, I can't not scratch. Yeah. And now I have all these scabs. <laughs> okay, this from Smithsonian. Okay, trusted brand. We're trusted. While they can seem pointless and purely irritating to us humans, mosquitoes do play a substantial role in the ecosystem. Mosquitoes form an important source of biomass in the food chain, serving as food for fish, as larvae, and for birds, bats, and frogs as adult flies. And some species are important pollinators. Out of more than 3,500 mosquito species, only around 400 can transmit diseases like malaria and West Nile virus. And most don't feed on humans at all. Mm. This was in Brazil, I think it was proposed. Somewhere in South America is where the they were proposing this, where there's still a significant amount of malaria deaths. And yeah, I also don't even, I'm none sorry. of those things felt that real. Well, I just, if, you know, a little baby. Birds can eat worms and stuff. They don't need to eat mosquitoes. There are a lot of insects. I'm sure they're competing. Yeah. I don't know. We'll get some hate mail. Someone someone loves mosquitoes. Some mosquito mosquito expert. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure, yeah, someone who's like devoted their life to it. But a regular person on earth, I wonder if anyone is like fine with mosquitoes. Right. Ambivalent. I guess, though, there is such a range in bites. Some people don't ever get bit. That's true. That is very true. I heard it has to do with your breathing. If your, like, breathing tempo is slow, that you don't get bit. That's what you've heard? No, I've heard heard it's the blood. I've heard it's how hot you are. Wow. (laughs) Well, take that as a feather in your cap because you've been chewed to bits. (laughs) They want to suck your beauty out and make you all scabby. Adrenal chrome. Oh my God! They're the they're original the ori- QAnon. <laughs> yeah, they're, <laughs> they're the original the liberals. No, they're the original liberals. Oh yeah, you're Only right. Only liberals are. are oh, I made sucking. a statement, and I actually have the article to prove it now. Oh. Well, I was saying that movie "Sound of Freedom," that was driven 
Oh, exclusively by the, the right and and Christians. Yeah. yeah, we didn't say the name of it, and so the name of the oh movie of the movie was saying, yes, and it's Jim Caviezel who was again a keynote speaker at a QAnon rally. Right, that's really relevant. And passion then now of the Christ guy, passion of the Christ guy, and now all these people are mobilized, and of course the funder of the fucking thing is Fabian Marta one. Oh, this is less. I'm glad I'm, I guess this is ethical to read this. One of thousands of patrons of the crowdfunding anti-child trafficking film, Sound of Freedom, was arrested and charged with accessory to kidnapping according to a Missouri court filing. The Class A felony carries a penalty of 10 to 30 years in prison. Since removed, Facebook posts appear to show the same person revealing their pride in funding the film. Marta's name appears in the movie credits among the investors who helped bring Sound of Freedom to theaters. Sound of Freedom dramatizes the story of anti-child sex trafficking organization Operation Underground Railroad and its founder, Tim Ballard, who was played in the movie by Jim Caviezel. Hmm. There's also a conspiracy that, like, theaters weren't playing it. They'd, like, say that the air conditioning was broken and you tried to go see it. Well, that's funny. I read an opposite thing, which is many churches were encouraging people to buy multiple tickets yeah. so it would stay in theaters. The box office on oh, that movie was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely for an out? independent movie. Uh, four months ago, maybe, oh. beginning of summer. And I know when it was, it was when we were talking, this all kind of started, I know why I'm on this tip. When we interviewed Wendy Mogul, oh. we said this whole child trafficking thing is insanely overblown and not something people should be terrified about. Yeah. They're, be worried about lightning if you're gonna be worried, right? And right. a lot of people in the comments of Wendy's episode were like, no, mm. child abduction is, and is all fueled by this movie, Sound of Freedom. $210 million box office. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, I'm not watching that. Okay. Um, I don't wanna watch that. Okay, Flaky Jakes and Fuddruckers. <gasps> Oh, this is, this is great. This is from the LA Times. We have some good sources today. Let's see. With hamburger chains such as McDonald's and Burger King engaged in practically thermonuclear warfare, lesser fast food conflagrations are easily overlooked. But the upscale burger battle between Fuddruckers and Flaky Jakes is war nonetheless. And Northridge is the bloody battleground. Northridge? Yeah. There was a Flaky Jakes in Northridge? I guess. All Mike the Drive. Uh-oh, this was written in 1985. <laughs> yeah, wow. That sounds, that's yeah. kind of amazing. Yeah. Well, that's when I, look, Jimmy was saying he was in college there in 86 or yeah. something. And that's when I was, I was going in 84 or 5 as a kid. But we, we wondered if they were the same and they're not. No, we wondered if they ripped off Flaky Jakes. Well, we did, but then also it was like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was actually the same oh, company. And if it just converted. It's not. Wow. This looks so new. Uh, the article? <laughs> <laughs> to be from 1985. Yeah, 38 years old, that article. Oh, it's really weird to see 1985 as an article time. <laughs> I know. I I. Well, you were two years out from being born. But they wrote, this must have been in the actual paper that they've now converted. It's weird because it's like both our company owned Flaky Jake's open last August. Last uh, August before I was born. Right. Oh my <laughs> two God. Two years before you were wow. born in August. <laughs> this is nuts. Also, even to think about LA in 1985. It's fun. The Valley. It's the Olympics the were what, 88 or something like that? 84, 88? Wow. 80s. 
Ooh, Fuddruckers and Flaky Jakes are no longer suing each other. Neither will discuss the 1983 out-of-court settlement, but their competition remains undiminished. As far as I'm concerned, they're copycats. Fuddruckers founder Philip Romano said, oh, Fuddruckers oh, is accusing. he's accusing Flaky okay. Jakes. By the way, it's a hamburger place with a big bar of toppings. I mean... Even you two said that they're so Because I'm loyal similar. to Flaky Jakes. But I love both. I hope that I made that clear. I love Fuddruckers and Budfuckers, yeah. which was from Idiocracy. <laughs> that was the funniest way to show a passage of time. The change. Do you remember this? Yeah. 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 I know. It's so as funny. Fuddruckers and becomes Budfuckers by the <laughs> time we're in the future. <laughs> okay. Fuddruckers has contended all along that Flaky Jakes copied its formula and even made a federal case of its allegation in U.S. District Court in Seattle, where it charged Flaky Jakes with infringement of trade dress, a kind of commercial plagiarism. And Flaky Jakes promptly countersued, alleging San Antonio-based Fuddruckers was acting in restraint of trade. Huh. Wow. The Burger Wars of 85. There's nothing going on, so there was Burger Wars. I know. What a simpler time. <laughs> And if you didn't read it in the newspaper on the day it came out, you could never find it again. Ever, you would never know about it. And now and the now future. You can. Yeah. <laughs> now you can. Okay. We talked about Trump water for a second. Sure. Uh, yeah. Jimmy said something about Trump water. Yeah. Yeah. Trump ice was distributed by Mountain Spring Waters of America. So Mountain Springs, you've seen Mountain Springs. Yeah. They're in a green glass bottle. And they're in something brand was discontinued in 2010, but Trump Natural Spring Water is still listed as exclusively available at Trump-branded hotels, restaurants, and golf clubs. A water the likes of which you've never drank. I wish I could do a Trump. It's crossed my mind to spend a minute to try to figure it to out. get it. Because this comedian does the best Trump impersonation I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe how fucking good it wow. is. Oh my God, is it good? And now I'm so, I cannot remember that comedian. Shane name. Gillis. Shane Gillis. He Shane also Gillis. comes up on this episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, one fact. You said that Kimmel was the third guest. He was our fourth guest. Okay, Kutcher. Um, Kristen Ashton and Joy were our oh, first three guests. Okay, okay. And then Kimmel. Uh -huh. But we released those at once, those three. So, ah, uh, yes. It, so he's know. like our first new one, second. Right. But fourth. But fourth. <laughs> but second, but fourth. Never. Okay. I think that's. You think that wraps it up? Do you want to, I have a weird connection from. So. When I came out to L.A. in 2012 before I lived here, uh -huh. went to see Jimmy Kimmel. You went and saw him live? We went and saw him live, yeah. waited in line. We got, like, front row <gasps> for mm -hmm. it. The guest was Kerry Washington. Wow, that's an Easter egg. <laughs> Hold on a second. I'm so egomaniacal. I got so excited. I You had a grin on your face where <laughs> I thought you were going to say I was the guest. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, Carrie was, and, and we recorded with her the next interview. Right. Yeah. Oh, Sam. That's Sammy crazy. Moment. The next day. The next interview we did. Wow. That's an Easter egg Where? and a spoiler. But we'll keep and it because it's worth the Sim moment. Absolutely. And who, who wouldn't be excited that Carrie Washington exactly. was coming? It's a great episode, too. Yeah. Simmy Sim. Simmy Sim Sim. Mm -mm. Well, I love you. Love you. Take care. <laughs> Bye. We are supported by Intuit. 
the technology platform that builds your financial confidence. There's some things that school doesn't really teach you, like how to handle the financial world. I mean, look, I did 16 years of school and I didn't have a single class on accruing debt or a hole that that puts you yeah, on. Yeah, they don't an, teach you that. No effort made whatsoever. If you want more financial knowledge, now is a great time to learn with Intuit for Education program. It has free, easy to use resources, like getting a car loan with credit karma simulations, understanding taxes with TurboTax lessons, and even learning to run a business with QuickBooks simulations. Check out Intuit's free resources today at intuit.com slash education. Intuit, that's I-N-T-U-I-T dot com slash education.